This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. In wild times like these, you need more than financial product salespeople. You need a firm that looks at the entirety of your life and helps you with strategies that coordinate all disciplines of good stewardship so you can manage wisely what God has given you and thrive in these times of chaos and confusion. Have a team that acts as consultants in the business of you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show. So today, my guest is a guy that I really like, um, and I like him because he uh, will talk to anybody, and he is a talented man, part of Tim Cast. Uh, he is in their uh, their news group, and uh, he is a writer. He has been on the show one time before, and we'll link that episode so you can hear all of his history and everything there, but I've got him in studio today, so I'm excited about this, Mr. Shane Cashman. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I'm excited to it's have awesome. you, you know, and... and uh, you know, not to blow too too much smoke at you, but um, I uh, really appreciated you when I uh, saw you, you know you had you had uh, Kanye West mm-hmm. uh, that you you know spent some time with, yeah. um, uh, which also included um, uh, Fuentes, yep. uh, Nick Fuentes as, as well. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, you have been, and we talked about this on the prior show, the kind of guy that you you will talk to anybody. Yeah. And I think that that's the attitude that we have to have, mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite of the attitude that the left has, especially now. Yep. And I and I think it's because their uh, ideas suck they're and terrible. they're terrible yeah. and they can't articulate them and they're part of this kind of crazy cult. So they yeah. their idea of having uncomfortable conversations with people that they disagree with or even hate or are concerned with or have problematic views, yep. they're platforming them oh, yeah. and they don't want to do that. Yep. I, I, uh, you can see the way they control the media on the left. You know, I, There's obviously a reason for media. We need to know what's going on in the world and hear from people. But the way they've controlled it is they can cut and form their narratives around whoever they dislike or like, right? Yeah. So I got so sick of seeing them form these narratives around people I was either fans of or knew, you know, from the from peripherally. And uh, so I feel like I, I wanted to become like the anti-media to that, right? Yeah. And like talk to those people who they've been disregarded by, like Kanye, for instance. Like you look at how the media once treated him. He was a darling of the media. They would write all these puff pieces about him, uh, like pitchfork.com is one I used to write for uh, a few times. And they loved him. They would write about his tweets. They'd have essays about a tweet. And then he did. He wore the red hat, and that was it. And now they, they, they totally forget him. And that's like one of the more major music publications out there. It's totally trash now. Uh, so my goal was like, I mean, I had the opportunity to talk to Ye. I, I want to actually hear from him. I'll let him talk. I'll add my own stuff in. And on top of that, you know, like to tell the reader what's the difference between objectivity and subjectivity. Because in, in, you're reading a lot of stuff from the corporate media, and they're pretending to be objective. Yeah. But it's clearly subjective, you know? So, yeah, that was the goal. And I, I think it's important to talk to everybody, even if it makes you uncomfortable. Like, you have to. That's how you build your immune system, which I think we talked about last time, you know? Like, yeah. you got to have that immune system in the world to engage with people. If, if you don't, you're, uh, 
going to fall apart when you hear something you don't like. Yeah. So, so for the people who didn't hear our first episode together, and they should go back and listen mm. to it. Uh, but uh, give your kind of quick CV and you yeah. know who you are and you know all that stuff because yep. you know you and I just did like a whole podcast episode just like walking in here. Yeah, here <laughs> I know. Like, we, we, had all kinds of, we had all kinds of great content. Um, uh, yeah. But but we were we were you know talking about how you came to to you know be in this world because you were a professor. Yeah. So let's yeah. Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, from New York in the Hudson Valley area, which is like an hour and half north of uh, New York City. I was furniture mover and then a professor and at the same time for a little while, actually. Um, and then the professor world, we all know what's going on in most uh, universities and colleges. It was terrible. It wasn't treating adjuncts well, just I was an adjunct. So I had to get out, got out as COVID was happening. I wasn't getting the shot. I wasn't getting paid enough. There was a million reasons why I didn't need to be there anymore. You know? Why weren't you getting the shot? Safe and effective. Yeah, I know. I, I trust the science, actually. So yeah. I didn't get the shot. Uh, so I was out. And um, I had nothing lined up. And I, I happened to apply. I heard Tim Poole talking on his show, which kind of, I think, started around the same time. Mm -hmm. IRL was a COVID baby. And uh, I heard him say, I want to have a writer who writes weird true crime paranormal stuff, which is stuff I was doing for freelance for different magazines. I reached out, heard nothing. I quit teaching. And then... I think it was like a month or two, maybe it was a few months later, actually, uh, that I heard from him, flew me out, and that was that. We started immediately, and then it was like a, beautiful because I got to leave New York. So mm -hmm. I left New York, and then, yeah, I wind up at Tim's place. I'm writing, I did a book there. It's like true crime stuff. I, I wrote about a guy who was in like uh, in Hell's Kitchen, New York City, whose his brother was killed by the mob with the help of the police. Talked about a bunch of murder mysteries, serial, serial killer stuff, um, ghost stuff. And then uh, it, it all kind of changed a lot last December when, when Kanye showed up and Ye was on his show and then he walked off his show yeah. rather quickly. And I had the opportunity to, to kind of catch him there and be like, hey man, I'm a big fan. I think you should go back upstairs and do that show because we should all hear like why you're doing what you're doing. And it, that didn't work, but it worked in my favor because then he invited me to L.A. And that was my first time ever in L.A. Because you just like jumped on a plane with him and went, right? I, I didn't jump. I okay. almost <laughs> did. Milo Yiannopoulos uh, said not to do it right at that moment because it was a uh, chaos. Mm -hmm. But two days or three days later, I was okay, on a plane. You yeah, I was okay. there. And, uh, and that was that. So like having the opportunity. I romanticized it a little yeah, bit no, because I, that, that could have been. been cool. <laughs> it could have been. Uh, but it didn't work out just like that. But it was two days or three days later. And then doing that story that weekend with him. We went to church and Bible study, talked about all the stuff that happened on Infowars. Like, that's that time period for those who forgot. You yeah. know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so, yeah, but that opened me up to be able to write different profiles on people. And so it was an amazing thing. That's what I always wanted to do anyway. So I've been writing profiles on people who were furniture collectors, you know, beforehand or right. uh, a makeup brand uh, CEO, stuff like that. And then it shifted to that. And then Carrie Lake happened. I did yeah. that. I was with her for the election trial. Uh, most recently was Alex Jones. I was Jones. on her uh, border policy team. She's incredible. And uh, I really, I, I like her a lot. And she's, I and I hope she, I don't think she's going to go away, but I hope no. she, um, you know, rises to um, some kind of political leadership position oh, or, yeah. or or something that that is big because I uh, she's a real deal. I think she's undeniable. Like, yeah. I think she's going to be something. Yeah. I think she's going to be Trump's VP. Yeah. It's, that's I, my, that's my goal. It, yeah. It, well, that, that, that would be incredible. I, I'm, um. I'm going to do a whole show and mm. kind of lay out what I think about the political landscape as far mm. as the presidency right yeah. now. Um, I am not um, overly optimistic mm -hmm. uh, because of the conditions that we are facing and the headwinds mm -hmm. that we have. Um, yeah. 
Now, that being said, I, I want to be careful in the way that I say those things because right. you can discourage people. And there's a lot of people that will just stay home because they think that, yeah. oh, well, we're not going to win anyway. Or or they get just down in the mouth of it. Right. And I think that we need to fight to our last dying breath. Yeah. And I think the whole landscape is changing faster than they can fortify things. Mm -hmm. I think they're yeah. losing the narrative. I yep. think there's some really good positive things that are going on. Agreed. So, you know, we'll see what happens. So you're not into like... And well, I, as I think we should all be, not the promise of a president to save us, because well, I think that's maybe well, in the past. Yeah, well, and no one should be our messiah except right. for the messiah, the one, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think that uh, you know, you probably or uh, anybody who says a nice thing yep. about Donald Trump, yep. you know, even objectively, like you know what, his foreign policy was good. Mm -hmm. You're a MAGA Trumper. <laughs> you. That was hate you speech. Know? That was <laughs> yeah. hate speech. Yeah, take that you, back. <laughs> you are the worst yeah, human yeah. being on the planet, oh, yeah. and you yeah. know, and, and so I get accused of being a you know MAGA oh, Trump, yeah. uh, a, a maggot, oh, yeah. um, all yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But I was not. I was not a huge Trump guy right, um, right. because I'm just naturally not a kind of guy that right. worships anybody yeah. other than as you, you know should. God, right? right? As you should. I remember um, I experienced the same thing with Trump, I didn't even vote for him in 2016. I didn't, that was the first time I didn't vote at all. Yeah, so I, I didn't vote for him the first time around either, yeah. partly because of, I'm here in California. Right. And I wanted to be able to have authentic conversations with my liberal friends mm -hmm. and say, hey, he wasn't my guy. Right. So he wasn't. I was more of a Ted Cruz guy at right. the time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so I wanted to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I say that, people are like, you voted for Hillary? No. <laughs> I did not vote top of ticket. <laughs> uh, you know, I just left that one yeah. uh, blank. But yep. then, of course, I, I voted for him the, the next time around because he governed far more conservatively and far more in mm -hmm. line with my principles. Put, put away all his, you know, like crazy talk mm -hmm. and you know, trolling people and mm -hmm. all those Rosie O'Donnell comment was amazing. Um, you know, so <laughs> for, someone who's from New York and my wife is Greek and Italian and her family's all from New York. It was, that's like her uncle. Like, it's just uh -huh. how I, you know, it's my family talks like that. Yeah. Not to that crazy degree all the time. But it wasn't that like put offish to me. Yeah, no. The, I mean, the best line when he got confronted on it. You know, you call the women horse face. Uh, oh no, only Rosie O'Donnell. You know, <laughs> those debates were masterpieces. Oh yeah, or Jeb, you're gonna you keep going any any worse, you're gonna fall off the stage. Yep. You know, or whatever he said. Yep. It's so good. But yeah. I think I think uh, focusing locally is what people need to focus on in terms of politics, right? Like you can like change your community, hopefully mm -hmm. create a shield around bad policies or uh, your bad actors in your, in your community, um, which is what we're trying to do in, in West Virginia, which is fairly easier technically because there's pockets of liberal places, but as opposed to New York where it was pockets of red. Yeah. And I, and there's a lot of guys behind the scenes and I'm, I'm one of them that I yep. think, you know, we need to get to red States. We need yeah. to build community, yep. you know, uh, mm -hmm. and you can build the community like, you know, here, what we have locally is, is, you know, pretty awesome and amazing, amazing, even though we've got some, you know, really uh, terrible folks in our community. You know, we, we made a really big effect this yeah. year and yeah. That's how we're going to survive, you know, even a near apocalypse. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it, community becoming self-reliant, and yep. and so I know that you know Tim, uh, uh, who I admire yep. a lot for all that he's doing. Yeah, that's same. is his mentality. Oh yeah, for yeah. prep. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm excited to uh, open up, uh, you know, a, a, a cast brew coffee yes. franchise somewhere. Oh, man, he yeah. would love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's really good. Um, but you have to. We were kind of like that in that mindset already of prepping, you mm -hmm. know, and just getting ready. Just because, like, we grew up in kind of the woods. I grew up on a horse farm. So you kind of have to be prepared for, you know, any bad, like, weather event. But uh, didn't didn't see 2020 happening like that. Because I feel like when you said survive a post-apocalyptic, that when I look back at 2020, 
it was I was watching post-apocalyptic scenarios out here in California or in, in New York City. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of a you know test run for a lot of things. Yeah, uh, um, and and I think uh, I think some really genuine hard times are coming. Yeah, um, and and part of that's you know just some of the things that I've been exposed to, some mm-hmm. of the you know uh, behind the scene private conversations I have with people that know a lot better than I do. Yep, um, and I I think that um, even if we you know. Uh, even when we win the presidency yep. back, um, yep. you know, I, I think that there's some, you know, collapsing things here in our country that that um, we may not be able to pull out of. I know I keep saying this and I'm, I'm typically like psychotically optimistic is what I like to tell people. Uh-huh. And I, I still am. Um, but I don't know if this country can survive an election again. Yeah, I feel like, you know, growing up um, elections, election cycles would happen. Right. And you'd be like, okay, there's like a year or two of election cycle madness. You know, we're all riled up. And then it would die down. We kind of forget about it. Yeah. And and, and things were just business as usual. Right. There wasn't huge major moves. They right. weren't trying to make it eat bugs. <laughs> right. You know, right. none right. of those sort of things they are happening. just behind the scenes doing that. Yeah. You know, now the evil's been revealed. But uh, now it's like the election cycle's been since the Hillary election, right? Mm-hmm. Since 2015, we've been in a constant election cycle, which I think drove us mad. Like collectively, the nation is deranged right yeah like the mental illness is clearly off the charts in all the ways possible you know transgender stuff and uh aggressive homelessness and the fentanyl you know and just people politically are deranged you know mentally from it's like a disease in their brain so i don't know how we get through another election whether you know i'm positive i feel good about you know people who i uh, might agree with winning i don't mm-hmm. know if it matters anymore because i feel like we've separated into an alternate dimension literally yeah with the way people are are you ian crossland all of a sudden <laughs> yeah right i feel which, like which by the way my crystal's right here yeah um, which by the way that's one of the sweetest guys on earth like He's i look forward to to you know meeting him I, yeah. I didn't get a chance when you guys were all at amfest to to, oh, to yeah. uh, run into him but uh but he is a uh one of the sweetest human beings you can just a, see a it you know guy. i yep. think he I, i'm super authentic mm-hmm. and authenticity is like my highest value Same. Same. I, you know even yeah. if you're an a-hole yeah. uh if you're a, a on an honest right. authentic a-hole right. exactly. I, I like you that's why i like trump <laughs> yeah <laughs> there you go uh, yeah no he's great i'm trying to get him to come to church with me that's that's oh, my goal yeah. now because he's kind of on a path of like ta- he's been talking about god a lot you, you know what i you know what i find and i think this is true of uh th- there's a number of people you know in my life james Lindsay, i pray mm-hmm. for all the time yeah, yeah, James yeah. Lindsay, you know, went from being a uh, uh, an atheist to an agnostic, and mm, you know, and know. and we have you know great conversations about God all the time, and mm-hmm. and um, uh, and and he's sp- spoken at our pastors' conference, mm-hmm. and you know, other yeah. things because there's nobody better when it comes to things like CRT or queer theory mm-hmm. or things like that. Marxism. You know, understanding yep. Marxism, all that. Yep. He lays that out beautifully, um, but. Uh, so I say this about him. I say this about guys like Jordan Peterson. Um, I think Ian, I think Tim fall yep. into this category. If you are uh, aggressively pursuing the truth mm-hmm. and really trying to understand the truth, mm-hmm. you end up at God's feet. That's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. That's literally what happened to me because I was, I was, my mom's Jewish, my dad's Catholic. So I was born in a really, really oh, confused, confused family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they decided to raise me and my sister's Jewish. I was, I went through the whole thing and uh, never felt connected to it at all. Right. It was just like I was going through the motions. The only reason I like going to synagogue when I was a kid was so I could watch MTV there because I didn't have a TV at home uh, or Internet. So that's all it really was for me. And then just went fully atheist for years. And uh, I could see where depression and confusion and just feeling lost would sneak in. I was putting that. I thought that was a consequence of other things. Right. Not thinking that it was the godlessness factor. Yeah. And then I uh, started dating a Christian. 
<laughs> and you would think it would happen faster for me, but it took years. Uh, she thankfully was very patient with me because I married her. And uh, hey man, we don't advise missionary dating <laughs> kids, but sometimes it works. I know we just had a service the other day at church. They were saying like, you know, you got to be careful of who you get involved with. And I'm like, look at my wife, like, thank God you got involved with me. Right? Yeah. And thank God you were so patient, right? Yeah. Because you could have um, dragged her down, man. I, I could have dragged her down and or, you know, it, I, I could have never found God the way I did, right? And I found it through, I had a lot of dark times and I never felt, I felt like a fraud thinking of God at those dark times. Yeah. Um, I tried praying for different things at different times when my kid was in the NICU when he was just born. And then uh, beautiful things that I, were just so undeniably beautiful, like just having children, their voices, yeah. uh, you know, just amazing things like that um, started pushing me into like needing to be uh, reading the Bible. And then... 2020 really like watching the evil reveal itself in the streets in politics from your neighbors my supposed best friends looking for the truth uh it was that the light started to go off i was like okay i really uh need to be like invested in this and and thinking of of god so I, at the time i was like i thought maybe i was an agnostic mm -hmm. and then uh it just it just like revealed itself like christ like just was in my heart all of a sudden amen and it never look never was that on my plate earlier like i never thought of that at all and uh, i couldn't deny it anymore and i uh, started going to church we moved to west virginia we were like we're gonna go to i go to two churches on sunday now <laughs> like i'm like all <laughs> about that it out? yeah but but what i started to realize was when looking for the truth realizing that uh all this like materialism is just so false that uh obviously uh politics and society our culture is bankrupt of god right now that is the symptom of like why we have all these issues whether it's um people abusing their kids um all these ridiculous leftist policies that claim to be good for people but they're clearly bad uh i was like god's the only anchor in like this false reality yeah and then, and then that was like the literally when i thought of that it was like the first time i had this feeling of um lightness you know mm -hmm. and feeling like a an anxiety was like off of my shoulders and then a new strength and like a new confidence that I never experienced before in my life. Amen. And this is—it's really new to me still, and like still working on the language to talk about it. Right? It's like I went from having no pastors in my life. Mm -hmm. There's like seven now. You know, there's like this awesome. is a, a really big church we're part of, and then like a really small church that we're trying to grow. Um, and they're connected, like they're affiliated. So oh, it's like a church plant. Yeah. yeah. So we just got our first like pastor. You know, like we we were kind of rotating through. You know, whoever could could fill in at the small church. Now we got this this guy and uh, getting baptized next week uh, in, in the Shenandoah River. Um, Amen. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's the best. So yeah, so yeah, I'm trying to get Ian to come. Well, well, I, well I'm loving that I'm uh, I'm learning all this uh, in real time. So yeah, this is cool. No, it, it's it's been amazing, and uh, it's funny. I've been joking. It, it, it's true. It's not a joke. Is that my son's been a Christian longer than me? Right? Because I I knew my kids needed God. I knew uh -huh. that even as I was an agnostic, and I you know my wife's Christian. We'll go, to, we'll go uh, to church and I'll do my best is what I thought. You know, I thought, you know, the kids need it. I'm, yeah, you know, I don't need it. Yeah. Then I'm like, I obviously need it. And yeah. to set the, like, the right example to my kids, not just to be like standing in and like playing the game, wearing a costume, you know, I was like, you know, I have to be there and be fully committed, right? Not only, uh, I, just, I, I truly feel that for yeah. them. I, I don't want to just pretend for them. But uh, watching my son, who's uh, about to be seven, he loves going to church. We drive by our church and our three-year-old daughter's like, there's church and it makes me very happy. And uh, I felt like I was doing something right when uh, you know, talking about leftist mind rot. Um, there's a kid in our community who's just on a bad path. It's very dark, lost his father, 
uh, fairly recently, earlier this year, and uh, he very openly hates religion. Uh, has talked about burning a church down. Oh wow! It's it's dark. Um, and my son, I don't, you know, he, he's not really allowed to hang out with him all the time at, without a parent around, right? Because you don't know what, what's kidding. And he goes to a public yeah. school. Yeah. And he, this kid who's nine, you know, I've seen him within 20 minutes. He's already talking about gender, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, I, I can't have my kid uh, around that unsupervised. Yeah, the most important thing you can do is help your kids choose wisely their friends. Yes. And when you can control it for a little right. while, that is that is incredibly valuable. Right. And on the know? flip side, I also want to try to set a good example for this kid to show him, yeah. like, you know, you don't have to be like that. Right. Yeah. This kid, my kid, who's a few years younger than you, I, you know, could be an influence on you. Right. Yeah. And uh, he, he uh, you know, he told us about burning the church down and stuff. And I was just like, wow, that's. It's dark, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to work work on you and stuff. But my kid came home one day and just said he's praying for him, and I was uh, like, Wow, cool. yeah. all right, we, we're doing something here. That's this great. feels really good. So, well, yeah. you can have an effect on that kid's life Absolutely. more so than your son can, you oh, know. Yeah, for um, sure. And and that's and that might be you know what he needs with yep. you know his, his missing father and yep. all that stuff. Um, that that could be something that turns him around. That's what know? my wife and I say. I we feel Amen. like God put us in that house, and uh, we know so I could hopefully be a better role model for him. I'm not saying his dad was a bad role model, but just his dad was very openly also anti-church, obviously, right? Yeah. That's where the kid got it from, you know? Yeah. Uh, his dad was a good guy. You know, it was so tragic that he had to, you know, he passed away at such a young age. But yeah, I had to, I babysat for this kid like two weeks ago. Yeah, well, that kid's in, in tremendous pain. Tremendous and, and pain. That's why, you know, he's... he's. You I know, took him out of the house. I was like, yeah. let's go play basketball, you know? And it, I had the kid laughing and talking about sports and, like, all these things, and he had sunlight Praise on his God. face. It felt really good. So, yeah, you know, and that felt... You know, that's part of that whole thing I'm saying. When you're in this community, you know, even if you're surrounded by people who disagree with you, you can still have an effect on them. Yeah. And uh, I'm not giving up on even the people I disagree with, you know, I'm praying for them, I'm learning to pray for my enemies, you know, as I've earned a few of those myself as well, you know, and, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing path. Very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I need to learn to pray for my enemies because right now I pray that I will be an instrument of justice in their yeah, lives, yeah. and you know, uh, yeah, that, that I need to, yeah, I, I need to pray somehow. instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I needed it. You know, yeah. the, the year of, of writing, writing about controversial figures, you know, I guess you get swept up into the controversy. Mm -hmm. So I have like this marginal like controversy on me, just like a it's like a secondhand thing, you know, with Kanye or yeah. Alex Jones or Carrie Lake, whatever it is. Um, so you know, I don't typically I, like I, to fight back on Twitter. I yeah, just, I'll just I, I love uh, I love Alex. We're we're yeah. working. Uh, we have been in discussions with actually getting him to come out here. Yes, and uh, and and speak here at the church and yes. get on, come on the show. Um, and and you know have him do kind of a Q and A with with uh, oh, Pastor Rob to. and and you so he just had a great yeah. clip the other day of him uh, feeling feeling the spirit of God. Yeah, yeah, um, because you know this is a guy that um, you know he's he's kind of the canary in the coal mine mm -hmm. for um, for so much of what's happened yep. with censorship and yep. everything else. Um, he got so many things right. I mm -hmm. mean, this is the guy that was talking about um, you know the, uh, there's an island. You know, they're, they're engaging in pedophilia and there's uh -huh. this rich, you know, uh -huh. I mean, he's talking about uh, <laughs> Epstein, you know, before that Decades. was on anyone's yep. radar that, yep. that these things were going on in these elite circles. Yep. And um, and he exposed so many things that he was correct on. I mean, even atrazine and, you mm -hmm. know, d different stuff that, you know, they're they're poisoning us, mm -hmm. folks. You and know, they're doing all kinds of things for that. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, look. I love his presentation. Yeah. I love I love Alex Jones. I love oh, I how love he the talks. I love the bombastic, it's you know. Amazing. 
Yeah. But a lot of people are turned off by it, how they same way they were with Trump, right? Yeah. But then someone like RFK Jr. comes along, who you know sounds better to them, I guess, because he's got the button-up Hollywood approach, and uh, they're like, "Oh, I like what he's saying," but he's literally saying the water turns, you the know, frog the frog's gay, gay <laughs> in just words you like. Yeah. But that's what you made fun of Alex for for years, right? Yeah. But the thing that Alex scares me is that he says really outlandish stuff. Like when I was with him, and I'm like. I don't want that to be true. You know, like you've been right about so many things. I yeah. Don't want that. I, I mean, you know, well, a lot of what he says, too, he's talking about the, you know, uh, spirit, spirit dimension. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned earlier about how you're, you know, you started to come to faith by mm-hmm. seeing all the evil mm-hmm. in the world and yeah. everything. And I mm-hmm. think he's really attuned to that because yeah. he's been following, you mm-hmm. know, so many of the dark forces yep. that are animating the the evil that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and that is uncomfortable for most people, yeah. right? Um, I I did a tweet earlier this week, and I would love to get your thoughts on Sound of Freedom, mm. okay? Because you know it's it's being vilified, yep. it's uh, you know being accused of being QAnon adjacent, and you know for for dads <laughs> with brain worms, and <laughs> you know right. all, all of those little things. It's yeah. being attacked on on also the the right. I see. You know, yeah. um, there's there's people that are um, you know uh, questioning Tim's story and and questioning the organization, Investors. and yeah. you know l- all of these sort of things. Yeah. And so and oh, this is what this is all about. Um, well, I think it's really two things. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, number one, you have people that are so uncomfortable with the idea of child sex slavery mm-hmm. that they'd rather be in denial, right? So if you come out and say, oh, this is conspiracy theory BS, yep. you know, they'll go, okay, good. I don't even want to believe that any of that stuff exists. We know it does, though. Right. Um, and, and Tim Ballard's story is pretty well documented. Right. You know, even if they embellish some things or there's some hurt feelings or people that didn't get credit in the story, right. or, you know, all that stuff. We yeah. know that that stuff happens. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I have seen being down on the border personally uh, uh, rape trees where women's underwear and children's underwear is on the ground next to condoms and lube and, and their shackles on the trees. Okay. That's insane. We know that this stuff is happening. Yep. But the second reason is we know that there's an elite cabal of people that are into child sex slavery, right. and they right. also don't want to have this thing be in our exactly. faces. We don't know who the people on the list are on, on, on FTS client list, right? Still. So it's weird to me that people – I understand why people want to, like, ignore it because their brains would fall apart, yeah. you know? But you also did accept that Epstein was a thing, right? Yeah. So you have to go that extra set now. They, it's easier for them to not, though. Like, for – for a lot of these people, like, it's like, okay, we'll acknowledge it. Everyone joked about, did he kill himself or not? You know, stuff like that. But if, if it dark. is, yeah. So think, think about it. If it is, is right. Let's take it to the absolute extreme mm-hmm. that the elites in our society mm-hmm. at the very top of our mm-hmm. society, mm-hmm. the oligarchs, the billionaires, the people that are running the, the masters of the universe right now mm-hmm. engage in regular, uh, sexual depravity that includes child sex and pedophilia. Yep. Okay, and and that's how they control the members of this class and all stuff. Let's let's go to what the like furthest um, uh, idea of it is. Yeah. Imagine how many people's brains would explode. I know they couldn't handle it. Yeah, they couldn't handle. It. I mean, it, it's also like not that easy to understand, though, because, you know, there's a prince who was involved. Right. With Epstein. And we mm-hmm. know all the politicians who were involved with Epstein. Yeah. You know, I don't look at every picture of everyone with Epstein as like proof of they're all evil, like they try to do a Trump or. You know, well, yeah, like, I mean, you, you know, know and, you're show and, up with. and anytime you you talk about Epstein, they bring up a picture of him with Trump on, on the left. Now, right. he was the only guy that cooperated with the authorities. Right. He also um, ban- banned him from Mar-a-Lago. He banned I him believe. from Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. No, that's true. Right. That's confirmed. Right. And he also, uh, in the words of the prosecutors that were going after him, mm-hmm. you know, originally, he mm-hmm. was the only one that stepped up and cooperated right. with them. Right. Yeah. I, 
I would like to see people take it seriously, but it's what's happened is that everything's been so politicized that for certain people on the quote unquote left, whatever, whatever that means these days, for them to acknowledge it would almost make them right, you know, like far right. I mean, yeah. you know, because that's how they view it as if you talk about that, you know, like you're saying about Sound of Freedom, it's QAnon. Did you see um, the video? Uh, there's a video of a professor, and I should provide a link to it, that, that just went viral the last couple of days. I didn't see it. I okay. saw a clip, uh, like uh, a headline about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he, so he plays like uh, Jeopardy, you know, with this mm -hmm. class, and he's taking uh, qu queer theory Jeopardy, Jeopardy, and he's taking these, ki these kids through, like, you know, um, uh, uh, Michelle Foucault and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Judith Butler mm -hmm. and, and some of these, uh, you know, preeminent, uh, you know, queer theorists right. and, and people who are driving a lot of this narrative. Yep. They're the same people that said, we're going to, we're going to, uh, you know, do so much of this that it's going to create glitter that is in the carpet that will never come out, you know, the, to just in, and what they're talking about is the kids' minds right. and, you know, inf infecting them with mm -hmm. these ideas. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, at the same time, they're saying we're coming for your children and all mm -hmm. that stuff. So this guy does this so brilliantly and, uh, and, and you know, bravely dealing mm -hmm. with the people who are shouting him down. We mm -hmm. see you, they're <laughs> saying, you know, you're transphobe. Oh, yeah. And he's going, how are you connecting trans with pedophilia? We're talking about pedophilia right now. Yeah. You know, and it's like mm -hmm. they're outing themselves <clears throat> that yep. some of their these theories and these ideas and these thoughts. I mean, Michelle Foucault said that, um, you know, the age of consent laws should disappear. Um, right. You know, and yep. and it, and you know, kids should be able to engage in this stuff all the way on down to um, you know infants. Yeah, no, it's it's pure evil. It, honestly, in tying the Epstein and and this like these depraved individuals back to what I'm saying about uh, my path with God too. It's funny that like me finding out about the Epstein news was where I was like, wow, there is pure evil on this planet. Yeah. So if there's pure evil on this planet, there has to be good, like pure good. That's yeah. how I felt. You, you'll you know? hear you'll hear pastors talk about if you're going to look at a diamond and the beauty of a diamond, what do they do? They put it on a black cloth. Mm -hmm. Right. And and that's really what's right. gone on during yep. this time. Yep. So I saw that balance and that was a big push because I, I honestly I was one of those people, my brain almost broke just listening about that. I couldn't believe how truly evil that was. And I'd listened to Alex Jones for a long time, not really that invested in everything he'd been saying. I knew he'd talk about Epstein, but yeah, when that news broke. You know, when I was with him, actually, news broke about the Instagram, uh, the thing that they were using Instagram as a way to traffic children, mm -hmm. and they were using weird code words like food stuff. Yeah. So he felt vindicated because of the Pizzagate situation. Yeah. Not that he was promoting it as much as people think he was, but it was a thing that was happening. He's like, see, I told you. You know, I'm like, wow, it's crazy. So we'll see. Yeah. You know, I, what I'm worried about with him that he's saying is like really, really, it's really dark, you know, for him. Well, and 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 here's where, and, and I, you know, don't want to um, say anything uh, um, that he wouldn't want said, but mm -hmm. I I know the guy's got to be in a dark space and depressed with all the oh. attacks. I mean, yeah. you know how beaten down you are, and I know he's a family man, and yep. he's you know he's he's working to you know mitigate against that, and I yeah. pray for him a lot. Oh, yeah. um, which is why I, I want him to come out here. I think we could really bless him. So He'd we're we're great. we're working on yeah. that. Um, yeah. But um, but he, you know he needs that that kind of a respite. From all of that darkness, it, he he's a absolute gentleman. Like when I'm with yeah. him, nothing but super nice to my wife. You know, no, I, saw I think him he's with his I, wife. Yeah, I think he's nothing but kind. Great. Yeah, he says a lot of wild things that people don't want to understand or, or listen to because it makes them uncomfortable. Um, but it's like you're you're hanging out with him, nothing but nice, and you. It's easy to forget he's one of the most hated men on the planet. Yeah, and sued 
for like the amount of certain countries, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know how like obviously those things are, are crushing to him, but he still is pushing on. Still does his show like three hours a day. Yeah, uh, it's I, impressive. I was a half hour away from interviewing him, and he was trying to get out on vacation. So I understand, mm -hmm. uh, and it was a last minute thing. I was in Austin, and, mm -hmm. and you know we were in talks. I go, hey, why don't I just come to the studio oh. and I'll interview him in his studio? Yeah. And and it it got canceled thirty minutes before, oh, you know, because uh, you know they're it'll they're, happen, they're, man. Yeah, it'll I think happen. it will. I I, I had no idea I was even to get him. I went out there yeah. not knowing for sure, and I just I was yeah, because like, he's uh, I, I have um, uh, compassion for his team because it's like uh, like um, Daria and stuff is yes. it's like wrangling a tornado. I told her <laughs> I, I that's said that's exactly I, what I said. <laughs> that's that's right. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. he's a tornado. Yeah, yeah. That's it's. But you have to be at that the level he's at with what he's done and the people he's upset. Mm -hmm. You know, for decades now, like because yeah. he was people think he's. Far right, whatever. But he was also anti-Bush for like a lot of like yeah. anti-war reasons that he yeah. was into then. So I'm anti-Bush. Yeah, for, for growing our government <laughs> and for anti-war stuff. For a lot and, of stuff. Yeah. Patriot Act. I mean, yeah. you got a whole yeah. list. I wish I knew better. You know, I was still in high school and, and didn't I, understand at that point. Well, you you probably were like me, right? Who, um, you know, hey, America, we love this country. Mm -hmm. You know, right versus wrong. There's mm -hmm. good guys and bad guys. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're thinking in 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 some of those simplistic terms, yeah. you know, yeah. here's this guy. Oh, there's weapons of mass destruction here and there's some bad actors mm -hmm. and we got to go and this is why you mm -hmm. know things happen and 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 you know we need the patriot act to pre uh, prevent these things from the future and you're yep. like yeah okay that makes sense i've got nothing to hide yep. what you don't realize is how evil government really is inherently because yes. it's filled with sinful people uh, that are absolutely. aiming for power yep yeah 9 11 was like this fear ritual right and i was in uh 10th or 9th grade when it happened I was on West Point, right? I grew up, my parents were coaches at the military academy for a horse, for right. equestrian team. So, you know, it was especially heightened there. And this is only an hour north of the city. So a lot of our friends, dads or moms were working in the trade center or all that stuff or, or near it. Yeah. Um, so for us, it was like for real. It really like hit the really, community. Really, really, like not just those images they replayed, but like, you know, it was there. And then they were telling us they might attack us, the academy or the nuclear power plant across the river, the Hudson River. So we're getting iodine pills you know with our names on it in the principal's office you know so it's like how i imagine my parents were during you know their bomb tests that they yeah, would do get under, the, the desk, under the desk so the the fear ritual worked right because i was like and i was not political but i would still wear like political shirts like you know fear your government love your country fear your government stuff like that you know but then i was like wow yeah we gotta do i was look at bush he's a good leader you know that wore off fairly quickly after that um but it took a while for me to really understand uh really get politically active you know well it wasn't until even after college because i i voted yeah. for obama regretfully regretfully i didn't know any better i was like he's anti-war he sounds nice you know yeah and it was one of the biggest regrets w what a nice guy who what ended nice up being guy. one of the most divisive presidents we've ever had uh war criminal you know horrible horrible man yeah. and also if you don't like bush you know obama this was a big turning moment for me for politics it was at the end of his second term i started really getting engaged and reading more and this guy I voted for, who I thought was anti-war, I'm reading about the, the drone strikes. Yeah. You know, it was, it was three drones every hour, every day for a year, using Bush's definitions of a terrorist, I believe, which was some vague age of a Middle Eastern man. It's pretty broad. Pretty broad. And to, you know, to avoid the innocent casualties, you know, stuff like right. that. I couldn't believe it. Um, I was like, okay, wow. Now we're, you're just now reporting on it now <laughs> at the end of his second term. So that, you know, it says a lot about the media as well. Do not trust these woke banks. Do not 
put your money into ESG funds. Instead, why don't you talk to the Alliance and Trust family? Finance is in their blood. I grew up with them, and they've handled my entire financial world for nearly 30 years. And as a testament to their talents, they've managed to keep me not just out of trouble, which in and of itself is remarkable, but they've helped me to build real wealth. They've assisted me through complex business transactions and family matters. Now even my daughters are working with Uncle Randy to put financial disciplines in place for their futures. Invest with people who share our values and will help you to be a good steward with what God has given you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. Well, I think, you know, so I'm super jaded and I became super jaded in my um, early 20s. I'm 48 now. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, because I uh, loved politics and mm -hmm. I had sort of that, um, you know, rosy view of things mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, public service. And right. so I was, you know, helping, uh, you know, a few people and kind of, you know, behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And so I got close to, um, you know, meet politicians on quote unquote my side. Right. right. I was right. a you know conservative yeah. Republican. Right. Yeah. So and and I started to see that the people who step in voluntarily into that and are attracted to it, let's say, mm -hmm. um, uh, even if you're attracted to being on the HOA board, I think that there's a little something off about you where you have this, you know, you, you have this desire to accumulate power. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To rule over people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's something that you kind of, it, you know, that gins you up a little. Oh, I know. And, yep. and so I started getting around these folks and realizing that, oh wait, okay, they don't really share my values. Mm -hmm. Um, our founding fathers had this idea, which was also probably naive that you would have people that the reason they called it public service is they would step away from their, the life that they loved in order to do this great service at great personal cost to them, yep, yep. and then they would go back to their private right. lives. Yep. And, that, and that's why it was going to be for a stint, and you were going to do this thing, and then you were going to go yeah. back, but we were reluctantly recruiting you yeah. to help. Yeah, yeah. Not so. No, now it's, now it's Hollywood. To me, there's no distinction between Hollywood and, and politics. And that's, it's, that's it's good popularity. insight. It's, it's all popularity. I mean, Trump, to a degree, too, you know, he, oh, yeah. he, wants, he still courts the media. I'm like, dude, you can't court the media anymore. He's for some reason he still wants love from them. I, I think he's just so from that world, that like establishment world. Yeah. Even though he's so, I used to call him the first punk rock president because yeah. he was so anti-authority, anti-media, and I loved it. But he still loves them. I'm like, just give up. <laughs> like they're never going to turn. Well, well, maybe they will. Well, you know, one of his weaknesses uh, is that he he wants to be liked and loved. We talked uh, yeah. in the car, you know, on the way here, we talked about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's mm -hmm. why he was a failure, mm -hmm. is because that dude, even more so than Trump, because yeah. Trump also likes to be hated by the people he thinks don't like him. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and so yeah. he's kind of cool with that, and that kind of pumps sure. him up. You yep. can tell. Yep. You know, he's he's an antagonizer. You yes. know, he's yes. a rabble rouser. Yes. yes. Uh, but he does want to be liked, appreciated. Mm -hmm. He wants them to talk about him all yep. that stuff arnold schwarzenegger was a failure because as soon as he started getting pushback you know he put all this great agenda which was some actually good conservatively based mm -hmm. policy ideas and things like that right. as soon as all of those things got torpedoed mm -hmm. and they started calling him a you know radical right yep. he, he was like oh i'm out i'm gonna head to the left because that's where the adoration is right, right now i think people are slowly moving out of the idea of uh character assassination meaning anything you know, like even Trump is still in that world. It's like even though he's 
one of the biggest guys to be anti the media assassinating character, right? He still uh, is in that world. Whereas there's a lot of new people coming up who are like, we don't even care about that world anymore. They can say whatever they want, right? It doesn't matter because it, it's meaningless, right? They have to learn to not care about being called certain names, you know, like media matters, you know, writing things about people and like you just bow out. If you Google me, I think the media matters and comes up first. Right, because uh, of the yeah. Kanye thing, conspiracy theorist, yay yeah. sympathizer, whatever that even yeah, means, yeah. right? That's um, you, I can tell. Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm a really bad guy. So like people, but it works, it still works on people who are unplugged from it all. Like we're really engaged in this world, we're reading yeah. everything, we're talking to people, we know the deal for the most part. Whereas someone like my mom, not engaged at all, if she Googles me, it'd be like upsetting to her that this is even said, right? Because she yeah. believes in all those things. She knows I'm not that, however, it, to her, Google or those uh, NBC, Fox, CBS, they're the authority on reality still. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, I am anti that reality because yeah. it's false, right? Yeah, well, you Google me. I'm a Christo-fascist, Christian nationalist, acoustic terrorist. Nice. Put that on the tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, and uh, what they said the other day, an accelerationist. Oh, um, yeah. And, and that, was a, that was a new one to me. And I, that one I had to look up because they, they'll reference these obscu yeah. super obscure books. And, th and those words change all the time. Oh, for sure. But they don't even know what they mean anymore. They just apply it when they think it's necessary. Well, and, and you know, they, they attacked me with that because I said that um, I think that the only way for us to right size our government is actually collapse mm. and, I, and i'm just taking a historical position mm -hmm. on that you know yep. once you run out of other people's money and once you you know mm -hmm. you've you've destroyed the economy and you've mm -hmm. printed too much and all that stuff you know that's the only way you're going to you know fire the you know seven mm -hmm. million useless uh workers <laughs> yep. you know i know i know I, I was saying something similar recently is like forest fires are terrible but i grew up in a in a town that the forest fire destroyed our mountain Mm -hmm. And then it came back more beautiful and stronger than ever. So sometimes yeah. things have to unfortunately collapse because it feels like our nation's in a in one of those bad relationships that refuses to break up because they just keep abusing each other. Uh, um, w one of the guys I, I, I admire for his shtick is mm -hmm. Kurt Schlichter. Um, I know that name. He's he's been on uh, yeah. um, uh, Tim yeah. uh, Cast uh, IRL a few times, but right. yeah, but he. Uh, uh, he he wrote a book, uh, which I had him on the show uh, talking about, called We'll Be Back. And he okay. talks about Rome being, um, you know, a good example of, you know, it, it wasn't always in the same form. Mm -hmm. And so we may come back stronger, we may come back weaker, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, it may be that we have to have some kind of collapse so that we come back at all. I kind of also think we've collapsed. I, I do, actually. I've been saying for... Uh, you know, a year or two mm -hmm. that the Republic is over. Yeah. Because you look at our... Our constitution um, has been attacked and eroded mm -hmm. at every single level. Mm -hmm. They violated it. Yep. Um, it's it's no re longer really the law of the land. I mean, right. thankfully we have a more conservative Supreme Court, and so yeah. they're making some good decisions. Yep. Yep. But um, you know, Biden. I mean, they just pivot right around the yep. things. You know, yep. as soon as they make decisions, they figure out another way to violate it. Yep. Um, I, I feel like we've been know. infected with cultural Marxism. Like, yeah. You know, and whether it's a, uh, people turning the kids trans. All, like that in particular, actually, because in the Cultural Revolution in China, it, they were destroying the past to rebuild this paradise, right? right. Which is, you know, didn't work out so well. And uh, so, you know, when I see them abusing the children, it to me, it just looks like human sacrifice. You know, like this like open human sacrifice where we're going to basically kill these kids. They're going to kill the future by killing these kids, right? Okay, they're not actually killing them, but like they're destroying their spirit. You know, and you see these kids obsessed with race and and gender mm -hmm. at, in elementary school or middle school and you know people when i say that to people 
who like you know aren't as plugged in or reading they're like that's not happening i'm like there's kids like on my block who are like this and it's literally just public schools right yeah or it could be anywhere honestly it could be mom and dad at home whatever they're watching on youtube but, and but, stuff but, like but that. by and large it's it's people who are plugged into public schools right. or or you know kind of that that right. mainstream pipelines of the virus screen you know? culture yeah. yeah and and it's a cult it's a it's a death cult you know because yeah. like you are destroying the future by erasing these kids spirit their hope their, their whole outlook, their innocence, right? And I'm like, it's widespread. And that's, to me, like a, a type of this cultural Marxism where you're you're deleting this to, to create yeah. whatever bizarre dystopia you think is paradise, right? Yeah. And then, you know, you look at the climate change things they're trying to do. Uh, we've got we've got Ireland saying they want to slaughter like hundreds of thousands of cows to save the climate, right? Because of cow farts. That's insane, right? Yeah. But to other people, it seems like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. And we'll just engineer meat in the lab, you know, in the meantime. Uh, it's so crazy. Or, um, uh, well, I'm gonna connect that to the cultural Marxism in a way of the four pest campaign, right? Where they're like, well, we'll just kill the sparrows. And then what happens? The sparrows were the ones eating the bugs. Now that the sparrows are gone, the bugs are eating the crops. What happens? The famine happened and like millions of people are dead, right? And then we have Bill Gates and other people uh, into geoengineering where they mm -hmm. want to literally block out the sun, reflect the light back away from the earth so we could fix climate change. You don't think it's a bad idea? I'm just like anti anyone playing God right now. Yeah. Um, and it's how it should just be. We shouldn't mess with the mystery of his creation. And there's right. a lot of it that is still mysterious to us, right. you know, how that's all connected. You right. know, our, our little finite minds can't contain the infinite. We can't see exactly. what the ramifications of all these things exactly. would be. And the ego of these scientists and the experts, you know, thinking that they could just control and manipulate the weather. Yeah. Like literally, I was just watching something about how in um, United Emirates, they're trying to just literally manufacture clouds to make it rain when they want. It's yeah. nothing new, though. We've been doing that for yeah. a long time. We did that in the Vietnam War to destroy the Ho Chi Minh Trail. You know, we were like, we'll just create a mudslide. We'll just let's just see those clouds. It didn't work that well, but I think they've they've had some time to perfect it, right? Yeah, I, I think they do right now some super yes. egregious stuff that we're yes. not aware of uh, or that are considered conspiracy theories right. that, that people go, oh, this is what's happening, you know? Right. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like you have to approach people and you don't want to break their brain, right? Because right. it's like they'll either just reject you and ignore it and move on yeah. or, or, or uh, you know. Well, that's what that entire it. that's what that entire label is meant to do. I mean, yes, you know, from, from for that exactly. I mean, the CIA, you know, uh, they're they're not the ones who created it, but they put mm -hmm. it into uh, kind of weaponized it. Right. This is why um, I have like I, yeah. when I talk to people who are like reluctant to hear these types of stories, even though I can point to like literal things to be like this is this has happened. I'll I'll use you know things from decades ago like Tuskegee or or Northwoods to say like this is what the government has talked about before. You know? Yeah, MK Ultra, MK Ultra, ones. Yeah, it's not a secret. This is out there. It's happened. Um, and then it didn't just stop, right? You don't think they just said, oh, we're done now. You know, they've been doing things. We've been caught. We've amended our ways, <laughs> yeah. and we repent. <laughs> we want what's best for you. Yeah. <laughs> they've never said that. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I always find that that funny, you know, that, that, I mean, we know of these things that they were doing where they were wholly corrupt at the time mm -hmm. doing these things. Yep. And now we, uh, we they've never really, um, some of these things they have admitted. Others mm -hmm. they have not, mm -hmm. um, uh, or let's say they haven't come out and uh, atoned or apologized for them right okay yeah and and now everybody in modern culture is saying oh yeah but they're not doing it now right and then when they say that i say well let's let's look at the governor Whit whitmer kidnapping how many feds were involved with that yeah. i think 13 out of the 15 you know it was pretty crazy what they were up to over there so and then people will be like well they had to because you know then it comes into the whole uh, 
political politics being so weaponized, but well, they had to because the people who were even those two people, you know, they were going to really do nothing it. to do. So we had to pump them up and yeah. then arrest them. We have to stop. The, they're domestic terrorists. You know, if you vote a certain way, you're domestic terrorists. We have to stop them at all costs. And now it's like they've shifted the war on terrorism to their own neighbor. And now the left is pro-war and everything's upside down. It's, it's crazy, which is why I feel great to be out in New York, where it was like in COVID uh, during lockdowns, you saw how people truly were and how they truly were going to act under pressure and how they love to listen to their you government. You knew who would give up the Jews. You did. You did. Yeah. I, it was insane to me. I had people, I had a good friend who went out of her way to go to a playground and scream at a man who was doing pull-ups, mm -hmm. screaming at him on a beautiful day. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's yeah. where you went. Well, but uh, as you know, we've learned recently, actually, this is an old article, but if he, he was working out and that's white supremacy, <laughs> Uh, which they've just linked. Should have arrested him. They've just linked linked working out to white supremacy. It's crazy. Yeah. Anything that's good for you is bad, is what they say. Well, I mean, so many of these things are animated out of envy. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't think we underestimate envy as a motivating factor for a lot of the people mm. who are in this current cult. Yeah, okay? that's true. Take a lot of these issues. Socialism is is you know born out of envy. Yeah. It's it's generally. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple of different kinds of socialists or mm -hmm. communists mm -hmm. right now. Yep. Okay, there's the people that don't really believe in socialism or communism as an ideal. Mm -hmm. They just know that they are going to engineer it yep. to where they fleece everybody else. They create more of a feudal system, yep. and they're on top, and they're the ones that are controlling things. Right, and they and they're just going to accumulate more for themselves. Right. So there's people that are pushing that stuff, and they're the ones with the power yeah. that are behind the. Sounds you know, like the, this country right now. Yeah, the the you know the um uh, you know big bad guys like the George Soros types mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know they're they're fine with communism and socialism because yeah, they're going to be in charge of it, yeah, right? Flourish. You know the World yeah. Economic Forum. All yes. those guys are going to be in charge of it, and they're going to sell it as communism or right. socialism to us. Yep. Um, and then there's the knuckleheads, mm -hmm. the useful idiots mm -hmm. that that are. Um, into it because they aren't successful mm -hmm. and they imagine that that could be their path. Yep. And those are the same people that are, there was one like little Twitter thread or something where, you know, they were like fantasizing about what they were going to do in the coming new socialist world. And, and one guy wrote something like, um, you know, I, I'm going to be, uh, on my farm, uh, painting in my uh -huh. barn or something like that. And and somebody replied, oh, your farm? <laughs> yeah, 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 nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. so true. Now, yeah, people people have bought into the idea of that paradise. Yeah. And the colleges are the worst. And I, like, I, I was there for a long time as a student and as a professor. It's not, I keep saying this, those caricatures on libs of TikTok that seem like they can't exist outside of Twitter are everywhere, you know? Yeah. And I was in two different colleges as a professor for a long time, almost a decade. And they're in there promoting cultural Marxism. Mm -hmm. They're in there promoting the cultural revolution in China because it was beautiful. It just, yeah. you know, it, we could do it better here, right? And I'm like, You're, they're never talking about the famine. They're never talking about the decapitations in the town square where the kids have to watch while they're singing the Chinese national anthem. You know, they they, they ignore all of that stuff because they're selling this, this world. And then, you know, when I looked into one of those rabbit holes I went down in 2020 was when you know, people started to ask why um, or who was handling the Black Lives Matter money, right? Remember that? It was Act Blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think Act Blue was connected to Thousand Currents. And do you remember Thousand Currents? Yeah. That was run by Susan Rosenberg. Who's Susan Rosenberg? She was part of the Weather Underground, literal domestic terrorist. Yeah. Who, and, you know, on Clinton's last day in office, he pardoned her, right? And, there, and then on my, my, oh, my terrible governor in New York, the mass murderer uh, Cuomo, he pardoned the Weather Underground on his last day in office, who also bombed police in, in Yanyue, a nearby town. 
And then so, so when Susan Rosenberg gets out of prison, thanks to, to Bill, she becomes a professor, right? And then you, and then you connect all that to back to BLM recently, and they're saying they're cultural Marxists. Yeah. So you know what they're about. You know, they're just not spelling it out for you because they know a lot of people are just not plugged in. They're ignorant. They're thinking that, okay, this is just a good cause. Just give it money, right? They're not thinking that they are out here because they're these idealistic, insane people that want to destroy you and America, God, your children, right? And that's what they've always wanted to do. So it's like when I, when I was going down that rabbit hole in 2020, I'm just saying, oh, so this is Susan Rosenberg's dream. Like she's now funding it. She's got a thousand currents with Act Blue, and now the BLM's happening and the riots that you, you saw up, up front and close. That's their, that's their dream, right? That's, yeah. And for them, it's like that's the fire they create to grow back in that paradise that they want, which mm -hmm. is like divorce from God, divorce from, um, from freedom. Yeah, they, they br uh, break it so they can remake it in their own image. Yeah, right. And then the, you know, the people on the bottom that I was saying were you know, animated by, by en envy, yeah. and that's where they're motivated is right. they just don't, they're unhappy with their lives right now. Right. And that's why tying it back to what we talked about, the guy working out in the park, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they are um, envious of people who are in shape, who mm -hmm. are you know, good looking. By the way, the more people work out, exercise, the higher testosterone levels, the more they are conservative. Right. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. having kids, which they don't want you to have that either. That's right. You know, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why they're undermining all those things, mm -hmm. exactly. uh, you know, um, it, and it's just such a weird track. I would have never, you know, went down. Like I get, I get made fun of mm -hmm. online because mm -hmm. I am jacked. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, that's a bad thing. You know? Well, but what's funny to me you? is how am I going to, you yeah. know, when they're like, you know, you know, I, I, I'm like, hey, thank you. <laughs> I yeah, wrote one time to uh, on a Twitter thing where they're attacking me. I, I, I said, hey, can you guys like at least pick a bad picture of me? Because I look pretty good there. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, they're it's so funny. They're so uncreative in their hate. Yeah. To like, I'm just like, I, sometimes I tell them, I wish you were more creative. Yeah. You, I'm, I've said way worse things about myself and like all my years. Well, creativity and humor do, do not exist on the left anymore. Oh, it's just darkness. Yeah. It's just darkness. And even though I was never that left, I consider myself liberal. So I didn't know any better then. Yeah. But most of the things, you know, I was saying back then in terms of, I was saying, I'm saying now free yeah. speech, anti-war. Well, the Overton windows move so much. Oh, yeah, I was always yeah. Second Amendment. Like, I, that stuff never changed. So when I stepped out and I, I wrote this thing in 2020, it was the first time I ever said anything political. And it was just like a poem that uh, was about the riots, about lockdowns. And I kind of just laid it out, you know? And that's when I had these grown men calling me crying at midnight. Yeah, you were saying before uh, we went on air that, like, you lost 90% of your friends. For sure. It was crazy. It was, it was it was great, honestly, to see it happen. And then also to see those that few percentage of friends who you knew wouldn't agree with you but supported you. Those are real people. Oh, my you goodness. Know, and they tend to be the the people that you and I would term liberal. Because, oh, like, liberals and yes. conservatives right now are kind of uniting. And that's yes. why I've been joking about it, calling it the normal people's party. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, because, they, you know, we—, we you know, we're not down with what's happening. We right. don't want to eat bugs and we don't want to be serfs. Mm -hmm. And they, yeah. they want to, you know, as I say, let their freak flag fly. Yeah. Um, they want to, they, they want to be, uh, you know, open to different ideas and different, Hey, mm -hmm. I, I kind of do too. Mm -hmm. I just have certain standards that I'd yeah, like to I have hold, a line, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like this, like this particular individual who called me at midnight crying because a poem I wrote, uh, he literally became a dad like the day before mm. a first time dad. He, his, newborn child is in his apartment and he's too worried about me and what i wrote and has to call me crying about 
I thought I was on the right side of history, whatever that. I hate that phrase. Like stupid, stupid. I'm like, dude, really? And so this is the same guy who is like defending cuties on Netflix, like months prior. That was, um, you know, and I, I did a little news story where I, I talked about Sound of Freedom a little bit, and that, mm -hmm. and I talked about what Rolling Stone, you know, was saying about Sound of Freedom, but um, right. I, um, I forgot, you know, to reference what they were saying about cuties, right? Which is uh, bizarrely pro pedophilia um style um, yeah. and and they're saying it was you know it was brave and you this, know yeah this guy was like pushing boundaries he said it was just it's just the french culture i'm like bro you you don't care about kids like just because they're in france it's okay like to yeah. do that like that's insane so i should have known at that point like this guy's got some real um, issues we got to work through have you on twitter followed okay so all of a sudden in everybody's feeds are the krasenstein brothers oh yeah okay and one um, of them follows me i don't know why I'm nervous. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, what's funny is, I mean, they they are um, they're pretending to be these reasonable voices. Oh, I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and and, you know, one of the guys, you know, in reference to France thing, yep. you know, uh, was, uh, you know, the, the naked pride dudes on bicycles and stuff like that. And then he goes like, well, most of these people have seen like kids, you know, it's not that unusual That's to see nice. naked men and blah, blah, you know, and then people jumped on him for yeah, that. And he yeah. was and, and, you know, they're very careful about how they write things to appear like they're this, this these moderate, reasonable yeah. guys. Yep. But they're paid chills. Yep. Yep. And. Uh, then he posted the other day one of them, and I always forget they're like interchangeable. They're the same person to me. They're twins. They're clones. Um, they are clones. <laughs> uh, they might actually be the know, same person. Maybe. But uh, but one of the guys posted this Anne Frank thing. Did mm, you see that? No. Okay, so he posts this like just randomly talking okay. about Anne Frank, and there's a picture of her and her friend, and right. and he's talking about this, and he's and the inferences that uh, uh, it's a it's a veiled attack at conservatives. It's mm -hmm. a veiled attack to create others and and kind of mm -hmm. label us. And a couple of people called called him out on it, and right. he's like, "No, I was just randomly putting this Anne Frank thing because it just came to mind, sort of a deal." Oh, but it was, but the but they they have a bunch of these, and every once in a while I'll I'll, I'll weigh in, but I don't want to be a reply guy. <laughs> but I but I do this like. I see what you're doing, mm -hmm. dude. Yeah. Because I know manipulative tactics yeah. where you're, you know, you're coming in, and and he's the same guy that said that, uh, or one of them said that uh, Biden uses "God Save the Queen" all the time. He said he said that in a bunch of uh, speeches over the years, and people are like, "Oh yeah, which ones? Yeah, are they ones he plagiarized?" <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. They put, put speeches uh, if from you're England? suggesting that that he's got dementia, uh, you know, I've got news for you. He's perfectly sharp. They will defend him at all costs. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Which, which which I you know there are certainly people that will defend Trump on the right yeah, yeah. at all costs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but that's not a value that we hold right because I see the right is pretty well like you know calling balls and strikes is is what most yeah. like it because we're independently thinking people right. uh, you know in the conservative yeah. world yep. and so we want to be honest about something yes. and if we think something's a bad idea we want to call it a bad idea they are adopting like every single thing it, right. that, that fits in their little um, menu of, of choices which is why you you hit one of them or they accidentally say something that might might uh, agree with the right they're like oh no yeah. oh i know it's like when they try to label people like us in a cult because we might have voted a certain way or agree with trump on even a few things i'm like 
I, I didn't agree with warp speed at all. I didn't agree with the vaccine, you know? Yeah, I think Trump has a, has a real problem there yes. because um, it, he's he's very proud of that accomplishment. Yeah. And I can, I can you know, put myself in his um, mm -hmm. uh, frame of mind. Mm -hmm. And I can say that he's proud that he you know, removed the government red tape to right. get some action. And right. he's a proud of that as a business accomplishment. Right. And so he's disconnecting it as a business accomplishment. Right. Look what I did yep. from the fact that yeah, but you created this monster of a of a vaccine, and you unleashed right. it on the uh, on the public, and there's some you know really suspicious things happening because of it. Right. You right. know. Yeah, and like so, yeah, he's not like a a leader who I'm just like 100. percent Everything he does is great. There's a ton of stuff. I mean, his pardons to me were kind of trash. You know, I yeah. wish there was other people. There's, he pardoned one person who I have had issues with in the past, as he was an old editor of mine. Uh, he's actually a bad person. Like I know that guy, and he was oh, we, have, that's we had words. And I'm like that guy. You got him out, and look, I like Little Wayne. I, I I love him, but I I would have preferred other people like Assange, you know, or something uh, like that. Julian Assange would be uh, top of my list, <laughs> right? So you know? if I ever got to ask him, like, why, why or, not? Or even Snowden. No, even Snowden. Yeah. yeah, I agreed. You know, I don't know why that didn't happen. Uh, so there's so many great things in that first term that you know, going into his presidency, I was reluctantly defending him to people, but and I didn't even vote for him that first time, you know, and I remember. Uh, a good friend of ours, she's a very successful lady, and we stopped by her house, and it was right after the, uh, what was it, the, the good people on both sides. Mm, yeah. And at the time, I still wasn't even considering myself, like, into Trump. Never would have conceived of even voting for him at that point. But I was like, he didn't say it like that. You know, he did say, I denounce these people and, that, and those people. Yeah. And her brain broke. She got mad at us. Like, oh, yeah. She definitely looked at us a different way. Funny enough, though, uh, going back to BLM years later for her, she got attacked for her branch as a, a successful brand and she didn't post a black box fast enough yeah so they attacked her and she didn't know any better she donated a lot of money to them and that wasn't enough then they attacked her again because they wanted receipts they wanted more money so my wife and i did a little digging and the person who started it was uh, a lady starting a similar business so it was like she saw an in to destroy someone who's at the top of that game I'm going to take her out. And she definitely like lost her balance there for a minute. But that was a big turning point for her where she was like, oh, I understand. Like, okay, Trump's not that bad. These people are terrible. And now she's, uh, she's like, I think she's trying to go to church now. She's all about Trump. And this is, I mean, as far from that, her, from like for her whole life. So it's wow. really wild Amen. to see. So it's beautiful that the bad thing had to happen to her. You know, if you had other... Out. Of like those ninety percent of your friends that you lost, have you had others that now have come back around to you, or not really? Not really. Because some of them get so infected with yeah, these things. Trying to think, you know, I did have one one good friend who was definitely very upset from that that very first thing I wrote, who uh, who did call me uh, my first time out here when I was with Ye, because he had he'd seen that we were here, I was here doing it, and me and him like loved Kanye's music. So even though he didn't agree with everything I was saying. He did call and like I was like, that's like a real man right there. Like you called, you like he didn't apologize, but he was like, I'm with you on this. Like I understand what you're doing. And like there's no hard feelings. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's good for you. Like that he was able to even make the phone call. Because most everyone else is uh, you know, they'll say stuff and it just gets back to me, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, or you can tell when they post something, because I'm the only friend they have who will say anything like that. So your sneak diss is like I understand who you're who you're getting at. But I haven't really had anybody uh, apologize or 
or come around, you know, other than, you know, that, that friend who, but that was like on her own, you know, cause yeah, she got yeah. attacked yeah. and kind of came to it on her own. And then she realized like she had us as friends yeah. who she could confide in, you know? Yeah. I've, I've, I've had one or two yeah. that, um, and, and I've had uh, gratefully like, um, you know, some of the, uh, Christian community right. that, that were like, you know, we have to close down and we have to do this and we right. have to do that. Um, there's a few of them that have come back around. Right. Um, once the picture, you know, became, you know, more obvious, but, yeah. you know, it took a few years and yeah. then they're like, you know, they're really doing a number on us. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I told say, you, <laughs> I will say like, there's been people who didn't unfriend me online mm-hmm. who definitely weren't liking certain posts who are now liking certain posts that are very similar posts to what I was doing before where there was anti-authority, anti-lockdown, anti-vaccine. So I will see that. And I think it's their small way of saying like, all right, you know, I, yeah. I, I see what you were saying. Um, but it's yeah, I, I have though during that uh twenty twenty election, I was able to like change people's votes. Not a lot, but right. a lot of friends who are super anti Trump, way anti Trump, who bought into the caricature that the news portrayed of him. Yeah. And I was able to like talk them over, you know. Yeah. So and I don't know where they're at now with other things, but like I feel like that was like a good way uh, in, you know, for them to I don't know whether they've opened up to, you know, all the other evils in the world or whatnot. But that was I was really happy to see that because I uh for whatever reason, I have some weird, like, masochistic issue of, like, I will go into these, like, long debates with old friends for for days, you know, texting, whatever, online, just, like, arguing, but nicely, you know? Yeah, I mean, if there are people that you have a relationship yeah. with and you care about, um, you know, where I... I've stopped doing the uh, back and forth with strangers because yeah. you know no, no, you know you're not you're it's gonna worthless. yeah you're gonna waste time. It's better to to reply and kind yeah. of drop the mic and walk yeah. away um, yeah, if sure. you're gonna do any of that. For sure. Yeah. But I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to just be um, you know weighing in on what I want to weigh mm-hmm. in when I do. Yeah. It's tough. And then though. and then you know and then moving on. Yeah. But people say such absurd uh, stuff, or they'll they'll say truly evil things. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been attacked on truly evil things right. that are that are complete lies. Oh, yeah. I sat down with a guy over a cup of coffee here in our community that is that is uh, you know completely on the other side, and mm-hmm. and he reminded me. It's funny because they all have. Um, uh, like I think we have, we certainly on the right have some similar talking points mm-hmm. and some similar belief systems yeah. and all that stuff. They almost say word for word the same things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they take the same positions, and yep. it's funny because um, uh, you know Tim uh, on on IRL uh, he had or no it was an IRL it was a new one um, a culture war culture war yeah. he had Emma whatever her name was Big from one. yeah from yeah. Majority Report um, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and she it was like identical mm-hmm. talking points. It's yep. like they all have the same memo. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this guy's a PR guy, right? And right. so, you know, they all have the same memo and they say all the same things and they use they use their um, appeals to authority. They use their uh, uh, data that favors mm-hmm. uh, their their yep. side, which is manipulative of um, because, of course, the, the data, mm-hmm. they'll, um, they'll use really broad things. Like one of the famous things that they use all the time is... Uh, well, you know, blue states uh, subsidize red states, um, and and they forget the fact that within blue states, like here in California, mm-hmm. we have more conservatives mm-hmm. here in California than we do in any other state, right? Right, and they are a part of this economy, and yeah. they also work for companies that are blue. <laughs> right, they work for co- you know, you know, so it's it's they they kind of yeah. do this they, like these funny things to, to show yeah. mental that, gymnastics that that's yeah. it. Um, they'll they'll play uh, games and they'll be like the data. It doesn't bear that out, yep. Yep. Um, you know, or uh, they'll 
you, you say that you don't like uh, pedophilia and there shouldn't be uh, kids that are put in danger on these things. And then they'll, you know, post about red states have higher uh, rates of, you know, this or that or whatever. Right. Well, red states also include, you know, very cities. blue cities, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, red states have more crime than right. this and more crime than that. Yes. In the blue cities, you know, so all there's all these funny little things is a little too far. Right. <laughs> it's a lot of complexity. You're it saying is. Here. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely exposing my, <laughs> my um, goodness. Uh, Christo fascist Christian nationalist <laughs> right. roots here. It's the same in New York, though, because you got the city. But then upstate New York it votes mostly red. You know, like real upstate, like I, even though I was an hour north, people call it upstate. Mm -hmm. It's not truly upstate. There's another seven hours of, of state. And, yeah. it, and it's mostly red, except for like Syracuse, maybe Buffalo, yeah. like the city-ish places. But they vote red and there are Trump signs everywhere, you know? Yeah. So you can't, people, like when people say they want like uh, to get rid of New York or California, I understand your sentiment, but they also have a lot of conservatives there, you know? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of good people that, uh, yeah. you know, don't, don't want to leave. And farms, you know, that yeah. give you food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, yeah, amen. That, yeah, but but you know, then they say, well, we'll just we'll just grow it. You know, they're going to take over parking garages and turn them into these weird bioengineering labs where they can Bill Gates Bill Gates grow meat and corn that's been, uh, what's got appeal. You know about appeal? Mm -mm. It's like a new uh, thing that I think Bill Gates is a part of where they, it's a they put the fruit in this new peel that you can't wash off, but it's to preserve it. Appeal, it's crazy. Summer is here, and Good Ranchers wants to give you what you've been craving, a nice summer steak on the grill. Can you hear the sizzle already? I'm not sure what your favorite steak is, but mine is literally every steak I get from Good Ranchers. Every cut that they source from local American farms is hand-cut, trimmed, and aged to perfection. Good Ranchers is proud to be a trusted source for high-quality, all-American meat, and they are the way to get the most out of your summer grilling season. So head on over to GoodRanchers.com and pick up your box. They have ribeyes, New York strips, all-natural burgers, and all the delicious chicken you could ever want. Plus, it's $30 off with my code BRYCE. With 85% grass-fed beef imported from overseas, Good Ranchers wants you to put American meat on the grill you can feel good about and trust. Whether you're planning a backyard barbecue, a family picnic, or a beachside cookout, they've got you covered with honest, transparent products that deliver on quality, price, and flavor. This is the perfect time of year to easily change the way you buy meat. So head to GoodRanchers.com and use my code BRYCE for $30 off any box. Forget about the summer bod for a minute and focus on summer meats. With Good Ranchers, you can feel good about the 100% American, locally sourced meat you're putting on your grill and on your plate. Make this summer one to remember by starting it with American meat delivered to your door from GoodRanchers.com. Use my code BRYCE for $30 off at GoodRanchers.com today. Mm. They just can't help themselves. That you can't help themselves. Yeah, you know, God did a pretty good job in, in, uh, in job. putting things together. And, <laughs> yeah. he, and he told us we're to be good stewards of the earth. We're not, uh, you know, we're not supposed to pervert his right. creation. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and listen, Christians should be like the first environmentalists. Right. Uh, because that is, again, yeah. the command that we're given. Be fruitful, multiply, be good stewards of the earth. Right. We need to be taking care of things. Um, and... Um, they've co cornered the idea mm -hmm. of, you know, environmentalism because mm -hmm. they've made it their own kind of weird religion. True. Yeah, it's funny because earlier I was saying, like, I wasn't politically engaged until later on. But then that's not fully true because you just reminded me, like, my dad's big into politics. He's 
conservative his whole life he, mm-hmm. one of the only conservatives in our town you know i always see him debate like everyone else who is liberal but like nice debates and that's how i grew up loving to see those conversations um but his favorite president is teddy roosevelt so then mm. my favorite president became teddy roosevelt i like teddy roosevelt there's a lot of things that he did that were great a lot of bad things a lot of great things yeah. but in terms of environmentalism you know you know that he was pretty good on that and the left doesn't really own him you know like they they think of him as like this right-leaning guy but he was a progressive, you know. Well, because when he was young, he was muscular, and that's <laughs> yeah, right. white white supremacy. <laughs> right. Yeah, he worked out all that asthma issues by by going outside and, and being. Yeah, a man. he lived the robust life. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, I, I grew up, you know. So I did, you know, think of politics a lot growing up, and I loved looking back at history. Growing up at West Point, you know, yeah. we had all of the Civil War generals were taken um, out of there. Which, you know, you mentioned your hometown a, a few times, but it just flooded, right? So, I oh, mean, yeah, you, you hit me oh, up yeah. on a text on that. but Yeah, it was terrible. So we were actually on our way there, uh, and we had to turn around. Because we're like six hours away, five hours away. Had to turn around because all the roads were closed. There's only three ways in and out of that, that area, a bridge and two mountains. And uh, the br- one of the bridges to the bridge, gone. Uh, the road's gone. It was just devastating. So there was this terrible flooding uh, these these towns, Highland Falls, West Point, which is the, where the military academy is, and Fort Montgomery are on the base of Storm King Mountain, right where it meets the Hudson River. And the f- eight inches of water, just like that. So when you're at the bottom of that mountain, it's it was yeah. it biblical. I mean, it was insane. Uh, roads totally washed away. This one bridge we have, Popelopin Bridge, which they started working on 10 years ago, gone. I don't know what happened. They said we were strengthening the bridge. It's just gone. Um, terrible stories you know there's a woman uh, about my age who uh, boulders were going through her house and she had to flee her house and then the flood swept her away and killed her you know it was just like devastating but you just look at you know the way i'm i'm, I'm curious of how we're going to look at the way the federal government or the state will look at this town and try to help it and how fast it will happen because i've been so invested with east palestine which is a whole different type of tragedy mm-hmm. right and how the federal government has pretty much abandoned them as far mm-hmm. as I can tell, um, you know, they had their hearings recently with Norfolk Southern, which was a joke. And me, uh, it was like a, a Mexican standoff of accountability. We're like, oh, no, it was this person. Oh, it was this person. No, it's because no, not enough man, manpower. Um, so I'm like worried how this town's going to rebuild. You know, uh, I, I, I've never seen anything like it. So we'll see. I, I, I have a friend who's nine months pregnant with like, she has two other kids, one kid, like baby over her head as she's walking through the waters houses destroyed um i I, it's just unbelievable so it's just like thinking about all the taxes you pay in new york we paid stupid taxes on our house it was like 15 grand property taxes whereas in west virginia it's two (laughs) um for a nicer house, honestly. Yeah, those are like California numbers, though, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, uh, New York and California, are, oh, yeah. you know, we, 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 we fleece, <laughs> yeah, we fleece our taxpayer here, too. It's wild. I'm like, okay, so where's that going? Because the infrastructure's trash in New York. Yeah. The roads in the city and outside Unfortunately, man, it's trash everywhere. Um, yeah. I mean, we, um, right now, we're collapsing in a number of yeah. ways. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, insurance business for for many years right. and the insurance uh, market is uh, uh collapsing in mm-hmm. a lot of states right oh, you man. know like a bunch of uh, like you can't you it's very hard to get insurance here now on your homes and properties and things like that like and it's because of and, yeah it's bad yeah. government policy <clears throat> yep. right 
um, you know, Trump was right when he said forest management uh, was an issue they here. They mocked him for um, that. And they did. They did. But he was exactly right. Totally. You know, we, yep. we stopped all of the practices that we had for many, many years and, and you know, uh, helping to keep all those things down, letting certain burns go mm-hmm. and, you know, all the things that we should be doing, mm-hmm. we, we stopped because of environmental concerns. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then meanwhile, you know, instead of doing the uh, planned burns and all of the things that we used to do and the, the, uh, the, the proper um, uh, remedies... You know, we have these massive wildfires that, you know, release every uh, bit of destruction, you know, in in minutes compared yeah. to what these other burns would have been. But but you have that going on. We have a, a collapsing medical system. Yep. Um, but all of these things, you know, the infrastructure, uh, medical system, all this stuff that were that, you know, made uh, America, uh, you know, really a leader amongst yep. first world nations. Yep is all ailing and it's all because of government policy yeah. and and that's the that's the the real I know. tragedy I, ca- I keep saying that uh the experts were the first casualty of covid you know like looking at how the experts were saying this or that and then how quickly i mean a lot of us knew fairly early on the experts are full of it um but they it was i had an experience where even though i already knew not to trust the so-called experts or the scientists you know i've had a long history of not trusting the media yeah. You know, since you know, growing up listening to certain types of music, loud music and and rap, and they tell me, you know, the people I've listened to are, are terrible people. Maybe some of them are, but not to the way they were saying it, right? Right. Uh, so I remember going to the doctor, this lady I trusted for years with my family, and she said uh, I was going there because I was kind of having anxiety for the first time. You know, this is like right as um, riots are really going crazy, and I was just like, I just need to go get looked at. Maybe something's wrong. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was so so much stress from working on the house by myself because um, one of those friends who was helping me was one of those people who had to disappear because I was saying things he, his wife didn't like. Uh, still still gone. It was one of my closest friends. Um, too bad. It was crazy. And, uh, you know, that lockdowns, my grandma living with us who had leukemia. So I'm just like cr- crumbling under stress. So go to the doctor. I think maybe we're going to talk about diet, even though I have a fairly good diet already or, you know, maybe doing something. I'm not going to take medicine for it, mm-hmm. but sometimes for me, it's just like if I can just talk, I'll just talk to you. I'll go, I'll go fix it. Maybe hook me up to an EKG and see. I was born a little paranoid. Yeah. So she, I tell her this and she's like, oh, you know what you need is the vaccine, the COVID vaccine. I was like, yeah, that's, that's insane. <laughs> you think that's, that's going to take help care me? of your anxiety you think, for sure. She said it's going to help alleviate the, uh, the stress. I said, that's on the absolute bottom of my list. I had like a million other things I'm worried about, you know, and it's not that. And this was on the day that uh, I believe it was still Cuomo lifted the the mask mandate in New York, which we weren't participating in, you know, already and being kicked out a lot of places in our in our community as we refused to wear those things. And before I even told the doctor about, you know, whatever's going on, which was nothing because it's all my brain. Um, and, you know, and her telling me about the vaccine, I'm watching all the doctors and nurses literally running around with their heads cut off like it, they were going nuts because they're like how are we going to survive without masks what how are we going to do this i was shocked so i was like oh wow these people are you know people look up to these people these are the doctors of this community and they've lost it they've completely lost the plot they're dangerous now she was telling me her kids are getting vaccinated her her husband who who goes to the gym and lifts has to wear a mask is vaccinated i was like we got to be out of here um they're the rationale mm-hmm. of of a medical professional 
uh, looking at the any kind of data, they still cannot scratch up data. There's not one right. single healthy kid that died from this thing. Not right. one. I know. Um, and they can't pull any data that supports the rationale for putting them on a vaccine. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I honestly couldn't. It was a big moment where, like, to literally save my family, I have to leave this place. Yeah. Because you can't trust any. I couldn't. We were kicked out of other um, pediatrician's offices just because, you know, we weren't going to take certain things. We weren't going to do certain right. vaccines and stuff. And you're like, you can't be here. My own pediatrician growing up, right? Uh, my wife and I are from the same town. We went to high school together. So we went to the pediatrician we go to. And I was just like, wow, I can't even be here. Like the guy who gave me my first job that painted his house can't be here because I'm not going to follow along with this whole thing. So, you know, thank God. I was able to get out, and like Tim hired me, and we, we went to West Virginia. Amen, man. It was there was freedom. Well, you know, um, we were watching so many things that were God's providence mm -hmm. during this yeah. time, and I think what you experienced there and went through, mm -hmm. and coming to you know land uh, at you know Tim Pool's yeah. uh, organization, I, I think is God's providence, man. Oh, it felt like it. I, yeah. I, I, in my head, I'm always saying I felt like I've been surfing on God's hand, like to hit, Amen. He rescued me out of well, here. You, well, you have been. Yeah, um, it's funny. So I'm, I'm very stress uh, resistant mm -hmm. or stress resilient. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, but the the last six months actually have been kind of the more stressful time of my life because I had a number of, you know, I was beset upon all sides all at once. Mm -hmm. And I've got, you know, multiple different businesses right. and things. And it felt like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> but but I um, I'm not one that's given to anxiety. Yeah. Um, but I, I got close to a panic attack one time. Yeah. And I and I remember uh, like okay, and having to sit down and take a few deep breaths. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was uh, helping my, my brother-in-law was having a wedding celebration here. And they were yep. doing it on the um, uh, on the uh, cheap. Yep. And we volunteered to do the music. And we brought our PA system yes. and, you know, organized some things. A little, you know, music hall right. and all stuff. And there was some, like, family tension that was going on at the last minute. Mm -hmm. I was I was asked to be his best man because his uh, ne'er-do-well brother bowed out and, you know, and, and all, and, and so, and, and my wife and I were essentially organizing this whole thing and oh, there's yeah. some, you know, drama with my mother-in-law who's very upset at, at, at oh. this son, the other son that was bowing out and there's all kinds of tension yep. and I had 30 minutes to set up this PA system and I hadn't done it in a while. You know, my wife is a professional singer and, you know, I used to help oh, her with cool. these things. So, yep. um, but I, but I remember I had like 30 minutes and then now I had to go get, you know, get jam back home, mm -hmm. um, you know, get on the suit and then jam to the church and be yeah. on time. And, you know, cause the, at this Catholic church, man, it had the, the trains had to run on time or they were moving on without you. Um, and I remember like tr trying to like connect this stuff and things were working and having to sit down because I could feel it like welling up within me, yeah. like this genuine, like, <laughs> whoa. And I remember that my, my thought in my brain was, Oh, this is what that feels like. Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. This is awful. Yeah, yeah. And then having to sit there and just go, "All right, okay. How much time do I have? Yeah. Okay, you got this." Yeah. And I and I was able to push through it, but yep. but it's a very real thing for oh, some folks, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And like I had one or two like really bad panic attacks, and uh, I just had to realize like, okay, you know, I had to uh, start working out, which yeah. I'm still not the best at, but I had to be active. You know, yeah. I was active for a while, but as a furniture mover, so I was like, I'm like lifting. And I'm every day, I'm yeah. up and down stairs. I'm lifting pianos and armoires and all this stuff, filling up a box truck all day long. But it's not like, it was, it was still stressful because it's work, right? Yeah. So I realized I had to like really focus on this. And years before that, I, I had been like 40 pounds heavier than I am now. Mm -hmm. And I had to change the way I was eating. I was eating like terrible. You know, wow. A lot of bread, like yeah, yeah. just and drinking a lot. And I had to shift that and losing, losing like 40 pounds 
did a lot for me, like opened me up, you know, my yeah, brain. I was, I was like locked down. Um, but it just took a while to realize. And uh, it was just, uh, I'm grateful it happened. You know, I'm grateful even with the bad things, like even a, a bad doctor, you know, to experience it. I was like, okay, I've, I've, I've seen something insane now up front. You know, I'm reading about it, but now like you really are crazy, you know? So we got out, we got out. And uh, West Virginia was on the bottom of my list of places to live. And now it's one of the only places I want to be, you know, it feels yeah, like man. I keep joking that it's 1990s in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Like it just stayed 1990s. Yeah, it's funny. My wife says that about Idaho, which we just came oh, back funny. from. She's like, it's it's like, you know, uh, it's like we're living in the 90s again or something. Yeah. You know, people are people are pretty happy. Yeah, there's and, kids you know, on bikes, you know, yeah. you might see a baseball card in this boat. Somebody somebody <laughs> drove uh, next to us is where, you know, we got picked up from the airport on the passenger seat. The guy drives up alongside us and looks over and nods at me. And I And I was like strange okay why is it not or you know somebody waved us on and but yeah. they used their whole hand they used all of the fingers you know <laughs> that's great yeah you gotta kind of yeah. acclimate towards you I know love it. yeah I love, my kids are very very happy now like we we finally have given them the type of childhood we were hoping to give them in new york Amen. You know, we had we had closed on our first house in new york the day that it locked down for covid so everything was like wild Clo schools were closed you know i remember uh the one school our our, our son was in was like an outdoors, you know, kind of camping and learning things, outdoor stuff, stars and all that and whatnot. But we didn't realize that it was run by psychopaths, you know. So they yeah. seemed great. Um, then, like like with many things with COVID, you realize the teachers were lost, and we came and picked them up one day in the summer, 90 degree weather, and they had them in a mask. And it was like I, I told them, I was like, "You're waterboarding the kids because it's covered in sweat." You know, like he's you're you're you want kids running around with a mask on, sweating profusely. It is so stupid. The logic was just gone. Yeah, so we had to pull him. You know, now he's in a a great school that we we really like, and so it's like it's working out. So yeah, we feel feel very blessed. You know, with everything that happened. That's why I was telling you before we we went on to record that COVID was a blessing in, in many ways. As dark as all those things were, yeah, all the dark stuff we experienced, losing friends, you know, all that. It was the best thing that ever happened. You know, and it, it tested all of us for sure, mm -hmm. and it tested uh, my friends, many of many of which lost that test. Um, but it created some amazing new friendships. Oh, I mean, that, that that's what happened to us. Totally. And, you know, totally. yeah, really, you you knew who's going to be in the foxhole with you, yeah. and yep. yeah, yeah. I, I, now I'm like I'm making friends with the people I'd want to be friends with in the apocalypse. You know, yeah. <laughs> or when the society truly collapses. You know, who can I trust? Yeah, amen. Well. Um, uh, so you uh, are you doing any profiles on anybody right now that you're working on? Because I know you said you love that. Yeah, none that I can announce yet. Okay, cool. Uh, but I, I've got a few lined up. Um, one that I'm working on, a few lined up. I just did the Alex Jones one. I, I did. Uh, do you know who Riff Raff is, the rapper? Yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah, I mean he's a he's like a caricature of a he's human wild. being. He is a wild man, very nice guy. But I did I was four days in Florida with him at his house. Yeah, now he spent a lot of time on like um, uh, what's the show. Uh, 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 he was on an MTV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. forget the name from G's to Gents, maybe. Uh, well, I, I thought, uh, I thought, yeah, I thought he also appeared on, um, you know, who's the skater guy that that does the videos oh, and stuff. Oh, he too. was uh, Rob. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah whatever that show's called. Yeah, he was gonna have an offshoot there. So I did that. Um, the I'm doing another story. Uh, I'm going to Yuma. Speaking of the border. Oh, cool. I'm going there on Saturday. Um, I've never been. 
So okay. we're going to go right about that. Who are you connecting I'm, up with there? Uh, or anybody uh, guiding not, you? I haven't had any connect yet. Uh, okay. I typically just drop in a place and then uh -huh. just make it happen. But if you have anybody in uh, Yeah, I do. In mind, I do. Yeah. Because uh, um, I was also reading about the rape trees. And uh, that, yeah. that is one of the most disturbing images I've ever heard. Yeah, we, we put it in the, the documentary, put some some pictures in there. Um, but uh, um, and there's multiple. I mean, so this is yeah. like a, um, you know, thing that's along the uh, routes yep. that they uh uh, use and yep. it's um yeah it's it's a trophy uh you know for them it's uh, yeah. it's horrific and um super disturbing and we know that um you know uh the human trafficking is such a issue child sex slavery yep. is such an issue yep. that that people want to keep it buried but it is right. real it is relevant and yeah. it is more um nasty than you know even your darkest imagination can come up that's with. why like i don't want to go like i i yeah. kind of hate some of these stories i, I like i didn't yeah want to go to east palestine like it yeah. was it was so sad to be there in that little town in ohio that it, i was there a month or so after they blew up the train uh -huh. um i was just curious is it just left the news right i mean we all saw the image that apocalyptic image of the plume so i drove out there and man the sadness in those people it was just it, it killed me yeah and the, my first day there was happened to be the same day that the shooting happened in nashville Mm. at the church at the school right we still don't have that manifesto right, do we right so you know so then i'm watching the tragedy unfold still at ohio i'm watching this new tragedy in nashville happen i'm watching the government completely fail because they're not even helping anybody i mean they're right. just like this revolving door of all these tragedies and uh just feeling so horrible for these people who you know norfolk southern gave them a thousand dollars you know which is in this economy trash and then that was it as far as i know they haven't gotten anything else you know and they were evacuated within a mile radius, which also is meaningless. You know, no one truly knows what's in that soil now, right? The, they can't eat their chickens. They can't sell their eggs. They don't. They can't sell their livestock. You know, I, I spent time with a florist on Main Street. So like, a train runs through that town every nine minutes, and, and Main Street is right on the train tracks. So all of those businesses are, are are just destroyed, right? One of them had to move. So even though uh, it was a Governor Dewine. Of Ohio, he said, "We'll, we'll give a, a forgiveness loan. Uh, it'll help out all these small businesses. It doesn't really matter because no one wants to go there. Yeah, no one can survive there. No, the florist is still using it. the water that's infected. You know, they can't just keep using the bottles of water that they they have pallets of water at all the churches, which is great for the people drinking, but it's not conducive to a, a business. Um, so just watching all those things unfold, even though it's different, my hometown with the flooding." Like all these things are just collapsing, and some of it's just natural uh, incompetence or just disasters. No, there'll be there'll be ramifications that go on forever. Right. You know, here here in uh, Simi Valley, they mm -hmm. had Rocketdyne for many years was there, and what if you that? research Rocketdyne, is. it was uh, you know a, a part of our war military industrial complex. Okay, yep. and it was uh, you know testing all kinds of uh, uh, stuff that you know radioactive stuff and everything in mm -hmm. the hills of Chatsworth mm -hmm. and. Um, that end of Simi has a preponderance of all kinds of crazy childhood cancers mm. and cancers and all that stuff because of the, mm. the the radiation and the testing that they did at that facility, which has mm. now you know been been long gone, right? Um, but it's been long gone for decades, right? And there and there's still uh, yeah, issues. Yeah, always be ramifications. It's like Chernobyl yeah. in a lot of ways, you know. Like yeah. everyone in East Palestine just kept talking about Chernobyl. Yeah, obviously it's different, but in many ways, I mean, when they when they blew up those those train cars with the uh, vinyl chloride, uh, uh, a ceiling was made of chemicals, an inversion, they call it, in the atmosphere. There's a, a ceiling where nothing, it was trapped. Everything was trapped, almost like a Stephen King novel, 
and this chemical dome. Wow. Thousands of bees died. Birds, I can't tell you how many died. A lot of people said a lot more died. I can't prove that, but they were saying birds died. You know, it depends who you ask because the EPA out there was just full of it. Yeah, they're going to lie. Questions. They, I went to them, to their face, to ask them questions, and they said, we can't ask you, we can't answer them in person. It took them like four days to assemble some like legalese that mm -hmm. they sent me this ridiculous email that was like, you couldn't even like understand it. You know, it's like a lawyer wrote it with like six people. A lawyer did write it. <laughs> Definitely. Six lawyers probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's just like so silly. And meanwhile, I'm also talking to um, uh, an engineer who went out there on his own to test. And, you know, he found dioxins which is a byproduct of what happens when you burn vinyl chloride, which is a conglomerate of very dangerous chemicals, at a, if it's at a certain level. And dioxins have destroyed entire towns. There's one in Italy that was destroyed. There's one in Times Beach, Missouri. It's gone. You know, the, the, the government bought Times Beach and just kicked everyone out. It's like eminent domain and said, oh, yeah, you can't, can't live here anymore, which is what I worry about with East Palestine, right? So then like with things like Yuma too, it's just it, these horrible, horrible things are happening. And it's kind of connected to even the people I want to write <laughs> write about with profiles. I I can't look away. I mm -hmm. you know tend as much as it makes me sick, to, especially like with the rape tree stuff or with the, these these terrible tragedies. I can't look away. I don't see a lot of other people like writing about it in a way I think is a, a decent way. So I'm doing my best to like just I'll say it's I always say this is this is all subjective. You know I'm I'm telling you this is my opinion. Yeah. It's peppered through with like fact and objectivity. Yeah, but there's there's no way that we can ever not have our biases, right. our opinions, our thoughts, our perspective, right. you know, involved in even the driest of news pieces. Mm -hmm. There's always a little bit of something always. there, but we just need to not pretend otherwise. Right. I remember I was so my wife and I lived in Brooklyn for a, a very little bit. And she was a, a waitress in Times Square. And uh, <laughs> I remember getting like sushi or something at this at this spot leading up to the 2016 election. It was a local news broadcast, typical like, you know, anchorman, everything's official. Yeah. But I noticed the cadence in which they spoke about Trump was so interesting because they were trying to be objective, but they had this little inflection where it was like, you know, this is a bad connotation. I'm like, wow, they can't even hide it anymore. Yeah. And maybe I just, it was always like that for certain things. I'm just now realizing it. You know, it's like I talked about the music, but they were yeah. open about, you know, who's bad, who's not. You know, whether it was Ice Cube, who's been amazing lately, by the way. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, yeah, yeah. You've been following him. He's on a bit of a tear. And, uh, you know, I liked, I looked up to those guys just in terms of being like this anti-authority figure, um, which I always appreciate. And, uh, but now, you know, they were open about those things. Now it's like they were trying to hide it, but they couldn't anymore. You know, they're trying to sound objective, but it was obviously subjective. Um, and it's clearly just gotten way worse. You know, like every, everything I read that's pretending to be objective is subjective, even with certain words. It's one of the things I miss about teaching at the colleges was teaching English and teaching essay writing. Mm -hmm. And on, on day one, every class, I'd be like, do we know what objectivity and subjectivity is? Do we know how to write like that? Do we know how to like observe it when you read an article? I'd, I'd give them things and make them read it. So like I missed that because I felt like I was actually like teaching them something because some of those kids would come in from, from schools, like the public schools, and they, they knew nothing. Mm -hmm. And I, it was really sad. They, they, I'll never forget one young lady must have been 18, 19. She thought freezing temperature was 50 degrees. <laughs> so I'm teaching them a lot of things, you know. Well, you know, it is in the middle there. <laughs> that's what that's definitely what she thought. You know, but like no one questioned it in class until I had to be like, okay, we all read this, right? This is not freezing, you know. So I I, I miss having that chance. I miss being in a classroom and like talking about ideas and I wouldn't and want to be that. in a classroom today though. But today, oh my oh my goodness. Yeah. It was one of my last uh semesters there, you know, in those horrible first days of class when you're introducing yourselves and you're, I'm making everyone go around and say who they are. 
it was a table like this, a little bigger, and, and it was in the library. We're going around the last girl right here. I, I always assume she was from like a cul-de-sac in like I don't know, some suburb, you know, and she's like her parents. I don't know what her parents were like, but she was just uh, a, a young Antifa in training, we'll say. Mm. And uh, she looked right up at me and said, I'll never learn anything from a white man. And I was like, wow. Wait, and this was a white girl? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's always absurd. I know. I was like, I can't believe you had the confidence to say that. Like, you're a freshman, first of all. You just got here. You're, yeah. you're little. Um, I'm, I'm a professor, and there's a lot of other kids in here. I couldn't believe it. And I, I just was like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm just going to have to prove you wrong. Like, I'm not going to, like, treat you differently or anything right. like that. I'm just like, I feel really bad for you. She might be able to learn about privilege. Yeah. I mean, you could teach her <laughs> about privilege. Right, right. Yeah. right. Maybe I did. No, in the end, I think, you know, I think I did teach her things, you know? And it was just, I love those insights into the, you could get a lot of insights out of the classroom about the culture at large, which were terrible and, like, definitely not conducive to wanting to be in those classrooms. Yeah. But I could, every semester, you could see the way the left would make culture worse. So I would, I kind of had a curriculum that I, I loved, I created it myself, and I would see it like erode in their minds every every new semester. So for instance, I would show them, uh, there was like the Moth Story Hour from NPR. You know, there was a time when I used to listen to NPR, and the Moth Story Hour was a great one because it was just people telling stories. Mm -hmm. Pretty good stories. Yeah, yeah. And there was one by this comedian, uh, Tig Notaro. I'm not a fan, but she's told a great story about her father's passing. So I remember... She's like a lesbian. I remember teaching that. No one ever had a problem with it. And there started, and then the, the trans issue started to be a thing. And then I called her a she, which I think she's proudly a she. You could tell the kids in the class, oh my goodness, you don't know what she identifies as, you know? I'm like, wow. So like every semester there'd be something like that where yeah. the littlest Some thing, new little thing crops up. And it was always with yeah. language too. And it was funny in teaching language, right? Mm -hmm. You're, I'm watching language die. I, I'm I'm a language Nazi in that like I think words mean something. Oh yeah, and I man. and I'm and I love like I yeah. love looking up the etymology of words. Yeah. I love just you know the uh, mm -hmm. um, I love the real meaning of mm -hmm. things. You know, I'm, I'm horrible as a husband if you get in a fight with me because I'll be like, wait a second, you know, and I'll look up certain things. And my yeah. wife is very smart. Me too. <laughs> um, and and I'll uh, I'll like pick apart little language things and you know stuff about you know uh, and and so it's the worst. I, I'm terrible, terrible, terrible husband that way. Um, but uh, but I do you know uh, appreciate language mm -hmm. and I I hate mm -hmm. with an absolute passion what they're doing now because it is yeah. it's total George Orwell 1984 yep. um, you know they are um, raping our language in order to drive their narratives mm -hmm. and their political views and mm -hmm. and this takeover of our culture oh, yeah. it's they've turned it into like a skin suit and like a serial killer would yeah. you know like the way they've mutilated it's a great language. picture for it yeah it's terrible it's terrible yeah i saw it firsthand you know watching these kids uh thinking they've inherited a language that is actually a, like a demented language it's not it's not real language right and they're using it in a certain way like the way they use certain words hate uh racist sexist misogynistic privilege all these words all these buzzwords yeah. they're meaningless but to them they think those words are the all-powerful, right? It was just hilarious. I remember my first class, or one of my first classes was uh, leading up to the election, the 2016 one, and I had two daughters of Mexican immigrants and one young black girl. These are three girls, young girls, and a, a class of mostly like white kids. And it, that, I don't care what you are, but it just matters for the story because Trump came up in immigration because of a, a, a little, uh, little, little guy was writing about how much he hated Trump. And he thought these girls uh, would agree with him. 
they turned out to be pro-Trump. <laughs> and the Mexican immigrants were for like legal immigration. <laughs> yeah. That's how they got in, right? And they think illegal immigration is bad. And uh, the, the, his brain exploded watching it because he thought just because they look a certain way, mm -hmm. they're going to agree. Like he doesn't realize he's actually projecting, right? And he's actually the one who's racist. Yep. He sees everyone else as a certain way and you have to think a certain way because you look a certain way. So, you know, those were things I did enjoy watching happen. Uh, but I, you I, you couldn't exist in a college these days, no. especially post-COVID because what they're doing now is just, uh, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't work in the colleges just because I wouldn't get the vaccine, you know? So they got, they got rid of everyone who might have been a free thinker. And so now colleges are, are bankrupt of free thought. Yeah, well, and, they, and they've done that in a lot of uh, corporations, mm -hmm. you know, like especially big, big corp, a lot um, of military, you know, military, yeah. they've, they've kind of systematically, you know, taken over, you know, these institutions, which, which again, is why I'm not optimistic for a um, mm -hmm. pleasant resolution. I know. I know Tim talks about uh, civil war yep. a, a lot on the yep. show. And, yep. and I, you know, we, we certainly are in a, in a cultural mm -hmm. war. And I think it could get to yeah. be ron paul up um, him even on his own show i don't know if you saw that one ron paul said we've been in world war three since jfk was shot mm. um i yeah I, um i think we've been in this you know um fourth generation fifth generation warfare for a very very long time yep. um and at some point you know those things have to kind of go kinetic yep uh, which is which is why I endorse you know community and us yes. you know getting together and doing the exactly. things that I know you guys are working on and, yep. and need to do, but hey, you got a book yeah. that uh, that's coming out and uh, you that's know right. that's that's the reason you're out here <laughs> yeah. in fact, so we should talk yeah. about that. Yeah, this is, oh man, it feels it feels like forever ago, but it was only a year ago that I wrote it um, or I was researching it and traveling for it. Um, so yeah, it's uh, so I, for Tim. Tim initially hired me to write the series, mm -hmm. which is like I'm still doing. And now I'm also doing profiles. So the series is uh, Tales from the Inverted World. And it started out, the first book that I wrote is uh, more into like what I was saying earlier, the ghost stuff, serial killer story, the Long Island one. Uh, it's me like looking into it, investigating it, whatnot. The second book uh, took like a drastic turn into darkness. Uh, I got this email from this guy, great guy, Clint Brantley. He became a friend from Washington, Georgia. Family's been in that town since before America was America, right? Like they ended up, living there, fighting the revolution, you know, in the, in the bloodiest battle uh, called uh, Battle of Kettle Creek, also in that town. And he said, this town is known for the lost Confederate gold, um, which I didn't know much about. You know, I consider myself a bit of a, a Civil War nerd, having grown up in West Point. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, uh, I'll go down. I thought I was going to write a, like a story, just one article about it for the series. Uh, but like within my first, I don't know, maybe hour there, I just experienced a lot of weird stuff with people. It was something like really off about this town. This one girl who was like claimed she was possessed by the ghosts. Um, she's screaming her head off because she's the ghosts are too loud in the old historic house. Mm. Um, I'm staying at Clint's family's house, this beautiful farm, and we see it is a UFO. Cause I can't. It's not identified. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it was, but it was something in the sky. It kept going up and down and left and right, and everyone in town has after I would find out knew about it. One lady, and a lot of them are very, it's a very like Christian town. So a lot of them, there's a lot of these like older generations don't like to talk about some of the paranormal stuff. She was like, okay, it landed in my aunt's yard. <laughs> She's like, I don't know what it was. I think it was probably some government thing, you know, like right, right. they were testing, but something landed in her yard. So she says, and I trust her. Like she's, this is a good lady. You know, she has no reason to lie. Something landed there. So what was supposed to be this like one story about this gold turned out to be like this 400 page book <laughs> about, about the gold 
about the, the things this town has gone through from the revolution or pre-revolution technically up until today. Because uh, it's just, you know, talking about tragedies, it's been, that has been like the revolving door of tragedy since the dawn of this country. Uh, from the wars that went on between the Indians and the people who colonized that town, which are brutal. I mean, brutal. Uh, the Patriots based on a lot of those stories. Mm. Um, brutal stories. And you could read those actual reports from back then of what they're doing to the children back and forth. And then you get the revolution, then you get, you know, the Civil War, all that stuff. You get Sherman's March didn't go into this town, but there were people who, who took advantage of the march and just marauded. Yeah. And this town was like that happened there. Uh, and then you get the bull weevil who took out the whole crops, the whole industry. So this town just keeps collapsing and sort of coming back. And then there's this like myth of the gold that's somehow they think it's still there. I don't know if it's there. I didn't find any gold. If I did, I wouldn't tell anybody because the federal government would then take it from me. Because um, in the news today, there's something in the New York Post about a guy found a lot of Confederate gold in Kentucky. Uh, and there were Confederate... Yeah, like there millions were of dollars worth. Millions, a lot of money. And there were Kentucky militiamen with the Confederates who were in this town. Uh, so it's possible they took some of that and went there. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what happened with that gold because it's hard to trust a dying government with, with, with documents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I hope that guy kept some of that gold because... It doesn't uh, seem like he did. I hope he did, but yeah. it seems like the government swooped Because he's right going to need it. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> he's going to need it. When I went down to Georgia the, the first day there, the news broke about this these people in Pennsylvania called Finders Keepers. They found what they thought would be a place where Confederate gold was, and the feds swooped right in before they could even dig. And when they went back, there was a hole and there was no gold. They, they, they got gold, but they didn't. The, the finders keepers got none. They're, they're suing the government, I believe, still. Uh, I'm not sure where that's at now. Yes. So the word of advice, <laughs> sirs, is, uh, you know, you people out there, if mm -hmm. you find some, uh, you know, treasure map or something, mm -hmm. do not tell the government. Don't, and, yeah. And do not tell the authorities. Don't, don't tell anybody. Don't I mean, even I, tell your friends. Don't, don't, honestly, like me being down there with my Yankee accent, and I can't tell you how many times I was called a Yankee in that town. I loved it. Like most of those people were gener were very generous, very nice. But there were some people, I mean, I had a few death threats. I mean, some people showed up to Clint's house with like, don't you go looking anymore. Like it was like, honestly, like bad villains, you know, one guy, uh, I don't know why I have it. Uh, we, we, so we narrated the, the, we narrated and serialized the book before it came out on timcast.com. Mm -hmm. So if you want to like, listen to me, read it and see it narrated. Good. I'm glad you're reading it yourself. That I am, is I'm always, I'm yeah. a big proponent of that, you know, unless Definitely. you have something really Right, like, uh, RFK, like RFK can't read it. Yeah. Can't read his own book. <laughs> right, um, but you, you know, when authors read their own book, you know, you the yeah. the you know you you hear them in it anyway. Yep. But it it just really makes it so authentic. I agree. And uh, if you go and listen to that version, you will hear the death threat voice message I got from this guy who said he was gonna skin me like a dog for doing what I was doing down there. He got really mad. I was asking his girlfriend questions or about about the gold and some like weird witchcraft stuff she was into because i'd stumbled upon so many dark things down there catholic witches that run a hotel that's built on top of a graveyard you're selling this book pretty good man <laughs> this is this is interesting i i, I it just fell into my lap like yeah. everything every time i turned around something bizarre was yeah. happening in that town so yeah that's at uh at ghost of the civil war.com you can find that book 
Now, so yeah, it's part two of the series. Right. I'm not really sure where part three is going yet, but I'm kind of like putting my feelers out now for what that's going to be. Cool, that's awesome. Well, yeah. how do people follow you and uh, yeah. you know grow to love you like I do? Oh, thanks, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. This is a blast. The studio is incredible. Thank you. And uh, they can find me at Shane Cashman everywhere, except TikTok, because I've been banned for life. Because oh, yeah. I posted a video of me and Alex Jones, and he doesn't even say anything bad. I don't say anything bad. The second they hear his voice, <laughs> that was it. Uh, so not I mean, TikTok's terrible anyway. Like I don't care. It's it's bad for humanity. <laughs> it's I, I but I also think all social media is to some degree. Yeah. On the flip side, with my positivity, it was also good during COVID because we got to share a lot of information mm -hmm. that the experts weren't telling us. So yeah, at Shane Cashman everywhere. The books at GhostOfTheCivilWar.com, and uh, yeah, you can catch me on IRL every now and then. And uh, a lot of the profiles I'm writing are at TimCast.com. They're at ShaneCashman.com as well. You can read about Carrie Lake and Alex Jones and. All those good things, the Kanye story, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for uh, for coming out. I know you didn't just come out for me, but I'm gonna yeah, I'm man, gonna no. really you know I, I'm I glad I took advantage of it. I honestly booked around this show. Oh, uh, yeah. listen, that's no. so very sweet. I, so I thank you. I, I love it out here with all all the flaws in California. Uh, I come out here and it's like a, a very magical like something about the weather out here and oh just, yeah, it's a great. Um, Adam place. Carolla, you know, and he says it more crass than I will, but he <laughs> but he says like we're a big-breasted blonde, but. We are getting on in years, and we're we're starting to fall apart, and things are sagging a little bit, and all that stuff. But it's still not too bad. That's you great. know, I love him. Yeah, no, he's 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 fantastic. That's so. awesome. Well, yeah. thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thank you, Brett. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, to God be the glory, and we are out. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode of The Bryce Eddy Show. Hey, we need your help. We have a special call to action. Please subscribe to our new Rumble channel, The Bryce Eddy Show. If you've been consuming this on our church website or church channel, go ahead and subscribe to us on Rumble. We need to build those numbers there for that new dedicated channel. For your convenience, we have a link in the description below.